on the Bearcast. Hey, whose hot dog is this, huh? Oh, over here. One star. Over here. All right, welcome to the Bearcast. Hey, hey oh, fucking Bearcast over here. Episode 339. It's a number. It is. So I'm Harlow. I'm Mackie. I'm BJ. I'm Chuck. And what we do each and every episode of the Bamcast is we go ahead and watch ourselves a quote-unquote bad movie. Come in here and talk about it for the first time. Then we rate them. Good bad movies. Enjoyable bad movies. They get one to five jocks and robot jocks. Heck yes, robot jocks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. However, yeah. <laughs> there is a negative sliding scale. One to five bags as some douchebags after Twilight. Boo. That's, that's for bad bad movies. Yeah, yeah we don't like it. Stay away. Yeah. Um, yeah, we did out for justice. It's Steven Seagal, man. 1991. It, yeah, it had been recommended by both Chase and Morgan in emails. They were like, hey, man, out for justice. Come on. Yeah, why haven't, Money why in the haven't bank. done this? <laughs> so, uh, plot summary out for justice. Let's talk more about it. Gino Foligno is a New York Police Department detective from Brooklyn who knows everyone and everything in his neighborhood. Killing his partner was someone's mistake because now he's out for justice. Someone's, someone's mistake. mistake. <laughs> someone's mistake. Someone made a mistake. That man was Oops. sorely mistaken. <laughs> Oops, I shot a cup. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it's... was it perhaps Richie's mistake? I think it might have been Richie's mistake. Richie's mistake. Yeah, that was the al- yeah. that's the alternate title for this. <laughs> Richie's mistake. It just didn't fit that three word thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Richie's big mistake, however. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's Steven Seagal. So I mean, it, it's part of the original quartet of Steven Seagal movies that were good. I yeah, mean, five if you include Under Siege, but that's like yep. when they drop the three word thing and yep. It was a little more Which high apparently concept. this had a different name, and the studio specifically made it a three-word title. Of course they go. did. Yeah. It's not like Out for Justice doesn't apply. It totally oh, applies. Yeah, but uh, William Forsyth is Richie, mm-hmm. whose name you get used to during this movie. Mm-hmm. You will uh, know his name is Richie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bamcast alum of Stone when Cold. When he rains down his justice <laughs> yeah. <body>. Yes. <laughs> of yeah. Stone Cold, and just like... All apologies to William Forsythe, but he's just one of those guys who looks like he was born looking like a piece of shit. Like, just a <laughs> sleazy piece of shit. He's well cast in every role that he has. Yeah. We'll say that. Has he ever played, like, a full-on good guy? I, was, I he, was he one of the good guys in The Rock? <clears throat> Wasn't he in The Rock? Yeah, he was. He was, in the Rock, he, but... was he was one of the, the people yeah. back home trying to right. figure shit out. But he was still kind of a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's just because you look at me like, I don't know about you. Yeah. 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 But uh, speaking of guys who always play the same guy, Jerry Orbach. Oh, okay. Yes. Is in this as well. Yep. Playing a cop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's a man of the law. I guess the guy in charge, he just kind of keeps showing up so Steven Seagal can talk to him and go, you know. What do you need? And well, then yeah. Seagal will say, uh, I need thing. And I, don't go, know. I don't know. But here you go. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't yeah. put up much of a. Fight. No, there's no conflict there. But, I mean, the movie opens, and we'll get to more people that are in the movie, because there mm-hmm. are some other recognizable people that pop mm-hmm. out throughout this movie. Yeah. Um, the movie opens up, and Steven Skull in random partner, well, I guess it is the partner. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it is the, the partner that becomes the whole Bobby. crux of the movie. Bobby. Um, are on a stakeout, and they're waiting for some kind of big deal, some $3 million deal. They don't really talk about it, but he's a narcotics officer, so I'm assuming drug deal. Um, more than likely. But he's watching uh, an altercation happen... Uh, between uh, 
pimp shows up and finds a, a wayward prostitute of his, and um, you know who hasn't been working, you know, and he's just like, "Where's my money?" and mm-hmm. all that, and it turns violent. Mm-hmm. Um, and Steven's all not going to have any of that. Nope. Yeah, and it's violent in a way that doesn't hold back like movies usually do. No, no, like it's this, like this guy fist is punching. beating the shit out of this right. woman. This stunt woman took a few hits yeah. during this the filming of this scene. Uh huh. So you know he basically blows the bus to go break this up, and it's just our first chance for him to, you know, show off his aikido like come at me. And as soon as he does, he gets his ass whipped. Now he goes through one window of a car, I think a side window. Yeah, he gets his head smashed through the passenger window. Right, and yep. then, like, they end up fighting up front. And yeah, he, he, like, tosses him over barrels. He's swinging him around by his tie. Yes. And just him. chucks him over the barrels. Yes. But the final the final straw is basically the pimp's like, I know you, I know where you live, I'm coming for your family. When Steven Skull's like, nah, pick you up over my head, and, like, back body press yeah, you. Yeah, he, <laughs> he gave him the back body drop. Yeah, like, into, like, the windshield. The pimp windshield. didn't know to stop and kick Steven Seagal in the face. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, he goes through the windshield. <clears throat> yeah. He basically picks him up and throws him headfirst right. through the goddamn windshield. And we get this shot of, like, first we see, you know, just comical, like, Wizard of Oz, like, sticking out the uh, out of the windshield of this car. And then it becomes inside the, where, you know, the guy's just, uh, <laughs> and it's a shot of Steven Seagal. And that's when it freezes and goes, Steven Seagal in. You know, like, that's the credit, you know, marker mm-hmm. for the for the credits to start. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, man, it's it's a pretty good shot. <laughs> like, I, I specifically remembered that when Chase wrote the email. Yeah. I was like, yep. Yeah, I mean it's it's the opening know, title card. It's a mid, you know, it's a, it's a mid freeze frame, like poof, you know, right here through the shot. Mm-hmm. Start it's, the credits. And, it's what you want. Um, we don't really like we get to see his home life a little bit first, right? Or no, I guess well, the cop no, goes to it's get like shot. He, they have a incredibly be- brief conversation between him and his partner. He's like, right. "Hey, everything going okay there?" And he's like, "Oh, you know, just got some problems at home. Nothing to nothing to worry about." Yeah. Yeah. And so Those problems like, come home to roost yeah. literally the next scene where he's going, where his partner is going shopping with his family. Mm-hmm. And our friend Richie, William Forsythe, <laughs> basically just walks up to him in the middle of a New York street and just shoots him in the chest like six times mm-hmm. and throws a picture on him and then shoots him again. Did, did we see him smoking crack prior to this? I don't on the way. So. On the yeah, way? I think yeah. so. I think, so. I think yeah. it was, I mean, it was very early on. Like, he was twitchy, and you're like, okay, William Forsyth, Forsyth is crazy. Yeah. Um, but then it's just like, they pull over, and he's like, all right, I got I to gotta prep or whatever. And it's like, pulls out the crack pipe, and it's like, oh, mm-hmm. all right, mm-hmm. you're, you're doing that. Okay. And his crew is just like, uh, okay. Yeah, and he just, like, middle of the street, in front of a deli, you know, like, uh, the wife and the two kids have gone inside, and, uh, Bobby, the cop, is just, like, outside smoking, and he just, yeah, he just walks up and blam, 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 just pumps him full of lead, mm-hmm. and then gives him a couple shots when he's on the ground as he's gurgling. I suppose if I was going to whack a cop in broad daylight, I would like to have a few tokes of that Crack sweet cocaine? plastic yeah. courage. <laughs> yeah. Sure, yeah, that's... Yeah, I guess if you're building up to that. It, yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, life's, if that's on your to-do really, list, I, I guess. I, life's I over at that point. I don't think there's any poor life decision that isn't made better by smoking crack beforehand. <laughs> well, like, you know? those are words of wisdom right there. Right, you're going to whack a cup. That means, like, either yeah. either your life is going somewhere really crazy or it's over soon. Yeah. So, so crack up. Might, so as well, up. Yeah. <laughs> might as well crank up and crack up. <laughs> Totally. Or crank yeah. up, then crack up. I don't care what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's but, it's like scheduling a meeting underneath an overpass. It's like nothing good's going to come of this. Yeah. But what the hell? Might yeah. as well have some crack. Might as yeah. well. Might yeah. as well have some crack. 
That's they, their new campaign. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, they drive off. That's and... always been the campaign of crack. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. Always. But yeah, they drive off and park under an overpass, mm-hmm. and, and yep. he's just like, man, I, 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 well, I did that. And his crew's just like, yeah, you did. Well, yeah, that was probably his, not his a good crew idea. It's like completely not not really on board with it, but you can tell they're, they're afraid of him. Yeah. There, there's an important piece to it. Like, he throws down a Polaroid mm-hmm. as he's walking yeah. away, and the wife, you know, kind of sees this from the window, and is just screaming, and, yeah. like, yeah. she's screaming, like, not touching him, and, like, no one else is helping either. It's just like, he, he might still be alive. Nope. No, 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 no. <laughs> but, but, yeah, so they're parked under an overpass, and this, this yeah. other car pulls up, and is just, like, honking, like, get out of the mm-hmm. way, and he's just like, oh, yeah? <laughs> and goes over and pulls this lady out of the driver's side window and shoots her in the head. Yeah. Now, no one goes out for justice for her. No. <laughs> she, she gets mentioned, at least. The true innocent victim of this film. Well, she gets mentioned in, like, yeah, he killed a cop, and also he just turns like on killing everybody. Yeah. But. Yeah. And then they just ditch the car. Yep. They leave like, it right there. Yeah. Like, dude, they just bail. leave it. <laughs> like, we're just going to walk from here. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah. That's a bad decision. That was a sweet red, bright-ass red mm-hmm. rock. Yeah. Yep. Mm. So then then they cut to Steven Seagal hanging out at home in his uh, in his vest with his son. Yeah. He walks out like he's just taking a shower, but he's just in his Seagal bullshit. Yeah. And his kid's doing his homework, and he's like, the kid's like, I want to go outside and play ball. And mm-hmm. he's like, all right, we'll... Uh, Do your homework? He, nah. Yeah, he's doing all his... All right. And, and I got to say, he's doing, like, the worst... Italian accent throughout this movie. Like, yeah. We just have to get it out of the way now. Yes. It is like every bad Italian accent you've seen someone do, like exaggerated on Saturday Night Live type Italian accent. That's what he's doing throughout this entire movie. It comes and goes a couple times. It gets really weird at times on certain yeah, words. But it's his accent's worse when he's speaking Italian. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, yes. Yeah. It's so bad. He attempts to speak both uh, Italian and Spanish in this, and it's just... Half of it is just like, bleh. Mm, but yeah. <laughs> and the, the but, subtitles are there to tell you <clears throat> if he could act, it would be this is what he would be saying. Mm-hmm. Um, It'd be funny if it had like little parentheticals like if he could act. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the subtitle man went rogue. <laughs> but yeah, but they the kid he's like, all right, let's let's go outside and throw the freaking ball. Let's throw the ball around. Yeah. <laughs> and as they're going outside, I'm like, oh man, we're actually gonna. Ex- get to see Steven Skull try to throw something with those flappy arms. But no, he gets the phone call that his partner's been killed. Yep. Yeah. And then it's me like call soon to be ex-wife. Yeah. You know, come get the kid. She's like, oh, you and your job. And he's like, yeah, but Bobby got shot. She's like, oh, okay. Oh, dear. Yeah, okay. Because she Bring was about to wet blanket him for oh. having a job yeah. that doesn't allow him to be with his family at all times. Mm-hmm. Because it's the 90s. Yes. Yeah. Because everyone married cops without knowing what cops did. Yeah. And then six months into it, they're like, ew, you're a cop. You're never here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, where, where were you when we were dating, lady? Mm-hmm. But Yeah. But so he has, to, he has to go find out everything. Yeah. He goes in Jerry Orbach's and. Yeah. <laughs> well, and he brings like the wife and the kid with him. Or, or no, she meets him at the crime scene. Yeah. They show up. And that's where they kind of they're kind of like that's... having the disagreement about it. And he's like, listen, that's my best exchange. friend just got freaking shot. Yep. He's freaking dead over here. Yeah. He's like, all right, <laughs> put you people in a car and get mm-hmm. out of here. Then, you know, Jerry Arbuck's like, what do you need? And he's like, I need a shotgun. <laughs> all right. And, and he's also <laughs> An wearing a... and a shotgun. Yes. Yep. And he's also wearing a black beret for no reason. Oh, yeah. With some sort of badge on it. I, yeah. I wish I could have seen what that was. Yeah, yeah it's... it's like he's a guardian angel, but 
just now that would have been a red beret. I know. I, get it right, I said that's why I said it's like maybe a raspberry beret. Yep, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, know. so he asked for kind of a ridiculous like, oh, you're gonna go vigilanteing, and and Jerry Robach's like, yeah, okay, here you go. <laughs> yeah, here's a, here's a shotgun and a comically large box of shells. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love that for once that the police are like, hey, don't do it, man, don't go after him. Don't. Do it. He's like, nah, man, you're yeah. Steven Seagal. Let's. Do- do what you do. Well, yeah. we're going to try to find him first. I'm not going to fight this. His, his, his exp- explanation that gets him the gun is basically like, I know these streets better than anybody. I grew up here. I know these people. I used to run with these people. He's like, you make good points. Yeah. Here, here you go. <laughs> Murder them all. <laughs> you're a loose cannon, but you're a straight shooter. <laughs> you get results. Yeah. So, I mean, it's basically like he has to go and apologize. Not apologize, but he has to go meet with the local mafia types. Mm-hmm. And they're like, this kind of thing doesn't happen here. No one kills an innocent man. Now, no one says anything about the innocent lady, but yeah. everyone's like, this innocent man who died on our street, that that won't fly. You know, yeah. and let us take care of it. It's it's our way. And Seagal's like, eh, it's my way, too. Well, he's duh. basically like, if you know, you know, if I get to him, I respect you, but, you know, if I get to him first. Yeah. You know what I'm going to do. It's a race to the finish. And he's like, yeah, I know what you're going to do. Yeah. So we'll find him first. Yeah. Yeah. And half that conversation is in Italian. Italian. Yeah. <laughs> One guy is speaking Italian. Yeah. The other the, guy the is other Steven, Steven Seagal. Seagal. <laughs> yep. Yep. But from here, it's... There's a lot of... They, they go to a lot of the same places multiple times. Yes, they do. And this pretty much takes place over the course of one day. It doesn't seem like it does, but it does. Well, apparently... In editing, Steven Seagal changed the movie quite a bit because sure he was he one did. of the producers. Mm-hmm. And so that's why coming up, we'll have a very long montage of stuff that looks like regular scenes, but apparently was edited way down because he felt like William Forsyth was taking over the picture and that he wasn't the main star, which makes sense because this is Steven Seagal. Yeah. Who is basically a notorious dick. Yes. And has been for his entire career. Mm-hmm. This was the tail end of him not taking orders from film people well and the, and str- the strange thing is, is like this is this is 1991 i mean so you assume they were filming it in 90 that's mm-hmm. usually how it yeah. works mm-hmm. batman had come out by now mm-hmm. people should have started to realize you have a strong villain that makes your hero stronger mm-hmm. like i mean we had, we'd made that turn like yeah Nicholson but over you know overacting in the, in the this, Joker. this this kind of stuff does not work with steven seagal i, I know i'm just saying like yeah. i think you know they would have been like hey you know that movie that made like a billion dollars last year you know why that worked? We let mm-hmm. the bad guy be crazy. And well, that's why I audibly scenes. gasped in that one fight scene where he got hit once. I was like, holy shit. Like, no way did I ever expect that to happen. Yeah, you yeah. rarely see weakness out yeah. of him. Like, one guy yeah. actually got the drop on him and hit him mm-hmm. in the shin, and it was just like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that well, that was the that was the bar scene, right? Yes. When he mm-hmm. went to his knees. Yes. That's just to show that, that he could kick everybody's ass from his knees. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, but still. Well, I also thought about it. I think that guy was probably significantly shorter than him, and it was probably <laughs> easier to be at basically the same height. No, so I mean, I'm not trying to be mean. figure out a way to get no, you on I'm your serious. knees. I'm serious. Like, I think yeah. it would have looked silly if he was, like, fighting down here with the sticks. No, mm-hmm. that's yeah. true. Yeah. But yeah. either way, there's, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't quite work out the way it feels like it should. Mm-hmm. So it's... Well, what happens like before any of like this stuff happens, he's driving along and there's a guy driving in front of him badly mm. and he's he notices his bumper sticker says something like kill them all, let God sort them out. And he says it out loud to himself. Yeah. And then the idiot driving that car throws a trash bag out in the middle of the road that Seagal mm. almost hits, 
And Seagal stops, runs over to it, sees the bag is moving, opening, opens it up, and it's a puppy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, if I ever run into you again, yep. it's why the guy's I still in the German Shepherd puppy. Yeah. I'm just saying, the guy's still in sight. I would have like yeah. caught up with him and been like, yeah. all right, motherfucker. This is a man go. who's out for justice. Yes. Yeah. This is, this is immediate justice right here. <laughs> right. But he's just he gives that that foreshadowing bullshit of if I ever catch up to you again, why I ought to, you know, yep. it's like, all right, guy, that, that's going to be our final scene. I guarantee you. But he's just like, I've got a puppy now. He lives in my car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes, because it does. he has numerous occasions throughout the entire film to drop that dog off somewhere and just nope, <laughs> leaves it in the car. It just lives in the car. At least he leaves the windows down. Yes, I, I don't know. But still. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But now he goes he meets up with he's start he's just kinda like questioning people. He's just kinda canvassing the streets. Right. Well he's going to know, see like Don whatever yeah, Pitoli or whatever it was and Yeah, he's he's wrapped that up and basically said, Hey, I'm gonna murder him if I find him, so right. you, but you guys ought to find him first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he goes he Does he, he start with his brother or do you start with the parents? Well, no, no, he goes and he's just driving down the street and like the prostitute says something in the window to him, which mm-hmm. I didn't catch. I don't know what you But said. then he says something to the next guys he drives by. He's like, did you just hear that? What the fuck? And, and they're like, hey, man, what'd, what'd she say? And he just drives off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like, it's one of those things that like somebody, when we were watching, is like, was that like a real prostitute that I said something to him? And they just kept that take? Yeah, because his laugh seemed genuine and not yeah. acting, because I don't know if he can laugh convincingly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, yeah it felt out of character for yeah. just a second. It was weird. Yeah. But it, and then it he... seemed too much of a real character moment to be mm-hmm. in the movie. Yep. Um, but... but but then he meets with his little informant guy who's like... Selling salter water? Yeah, he's like 15 <laughs> years old yeah. or something. And Wait a minute, wasn't that... Wasn't the prostitute scene right before he sees Richie and goes tearing yes, around? Yes, that's what I'm about okay. to get to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because he, he meets with the kid and the kid's like, well, nobody's seen Richie, here's your seltzer water. Right, okay. Six bucks, please. For six bucks. And then he drives like another block and like Richie's there mm-hmm. trying to find guys to like just run back up for yeah, him. Yeah, he he's, he's in that... Um, like in Brooklyn, where you have that center sort of center street thing, it's like not really officially a street, but there's like that like middle section of between the two yeah. halves of the road. Under the tracks. Yeah, and like he's just like you know William Forsythe goes there and just like, hey, who's got the big enough balls to go you know run with me? And the thing about him throughout this movie is pretty much ever seen he's just brandishing a pistol mm-hmm. openly. Always. Like and so yeah. he's just like he gets out of the car with his gun and he's just like, Hey, who's coming with me? Which is like the weirdest way to, you know, try to recruit people. Well, yeah, he's like, Who's got big balls? And yeah. you know, these he's guys just, like, he's like I'm chal- fucking... Yeah, he's like challenging him and eventually yeah, somebody's yeah. like, I've got big My enough balls. Balls yeah. are pretty big. And like seriously, the second they agree to it, it's like that's when Stephen Call Seagal's like, There he is. <laughs> yeah. And well, it's well, like and Richie sees him, he's like, It's fucking Gino. Yeah. yeah. And he you know, he he tries to like spin around to get in that area, and this begins a car chase where William Forsyth, and now he has five people in the car with him. It's and pretty full. Like, <laughs> I love that there's one guy crammed in the middle in yeah. the front seat. Right. Yeah. And, and somebody in the middle of the back, William too. Forsyth. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're, for a while, they're, you know, bouncing over. Because, you know, they have these big humps because you're not supposed to drive down this as a road. It's, no. pre- it's preventative, like, giant speed bumps mm-hmm. or speed humps, as long as they're that big. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, they're, they're kind of bouncing along and, and going f- sort of fast. Steven Seagal, or his stunt driver... Is just hitting these things at like the fastest at speed, speed, man. Just yeah. like booking just, it, yeah. And man, it's just like they fuck this car up because <laughs> like this thing is just going whoop boom, just like hitting the ground. And, and these things are spaced like eight feet apart, mm-hmm. so it's just he's just constantly going over these. And eventually, the first car that he's chasing 
gets off of there and drove to the normal road. And, you know, it, these well, yeah, because there were six guys in that car. You know, they weren't all buckled in. Right. <laughs> but these things Somebody like, could get hurt. These things also have cross streets. So eventually, you know, they kind of do the thread the needle through the traffic a couple mm-hmm. times. And then eventually, you know, two cars kind of like T-bone each other and Stevens goes to spin around, but ends up still in there. So he's like trying to keep up with these people on the regular road, hitting these like giant speed hump things. Yeah. And keep, like, keep in mind, the dog is in the car. Yes, the dog <laughs> yeah. is in the car. We, and you we, are seeing Seagal bounce. <laughs> yeah, we have just been introduced to like, oh, you just have, a, okay, you're going to have that dog in the car. And like immediately it's like high speed pursuit with, yeah. over these speed bump things. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, but. Yeah. The, the movie presents a constant peril for the dog. Mm-hmm. The, the dog is never actually in peril. You just make it up in your own head because you know oh, yeah. that dog is in the car the whole time. Right. <laughs> but they eventually kind of sort of lose him for half a second. Well, yeah, there's a truck a, backing a, up right. and they do the yeah. whole, we beat the truck, yeah. you know, and then he's waving the badge. Hey, get Oh, sorry, I didn't know you were... Yeah, I didn't notice this high-speed chase that was just happening behind me. I just had these guys walking panels of glass back and forth across the road. (laughs) Um, But they go to some deli, like a a meat shop, like a Mm meatpacking shop and Mm -hmm. a butcher. And um, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah, Yeah. I was was getting there eventually. Uh Um, Meat shop. (laughs) 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 Whatever, I'll get there eventually. It's fine. Um, And, you know, obviously this is some sort of front, because they're like, I need the money and the, the... Weapons or something like that, because yeah. like he has some of the bullets. Yeah, he has him like another box of shotgun shells, mm-hmm. and they're like, he's like, deal with him. He's coming in. Like, put him on a hook. Yep. And William Forsyth and like his original two cronies like book it out the back door mm-hmm. and like leave the guys that they've gotten for hire and the random people that were in the butcher shop. And of course, you know, they all think they're going to be the ones that take out Stephen Skull oh. as he just kind of comes in, and like the first guy comes out of with a meat cleaver. Yep. And immediately gets it turned around and like jammed into his leg. Like, yep. Oh. Yeah. And that guy really should have bowed out at that point. Well, he's just sitting there, like, you know, like for as, as several other people attack him, just going, ah, <laughs> ah. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of guys wailing in the background right. in this movie, mm-hmm. um, which I always appreciate. Sure, yeah. In any well, fighting movie, because it, it becomes even better because like another guy comes up, like he he takes out another couple random people who come at him with I don't know nothing like important, but eventually this one guy comes at him some sort of spike or maybe you grab one of the meat hooks, but he takes the cleaver out of the guy's leg, mm-hmm. throws him up against the wall and goes hunk to his hand and just oh. sinks it like between the fingers. Yeah. Just pins him to the wall. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. He hits another guy in the head with a salami. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And just kind of like, it's kind of like, he's already kind of taken him out. It's just more like a, Hey, yeah, don't do yeah, that. Stop but that but he does a lot of the marked for death. Like I'm going to pull you over my shoulder and break your, mm-hmm. break you at the elbow. Stuff. Yes. There's a lot of wrist, elbow, ankle, or just snapping yeah. sounds it's, happening. It's a lot of Steven Seagalling. Yes, yeah. it is. Totally. There's a ton of celery broken in the, uh, <laughs> yep. yeah. In the Foley. Yeah, in the Foley there's, a, there's a lot of good Foley, but like there's one point where I don't know if it's a bat or some other, just, you know, block of wood that he's beating people with. And like everywhere he hits them, it's the same sound. Like yeah. that's the only thing I noticed. Like yeah. there was a lot of good breaking bone sounds, but like, are you talking about towards the end with the f- the fight with Richie? No, no, this was like in the in okay. the butcher shop. Like they, they, there's some sort of bat or something that he's conking people the with, it, and it's like he hits him in the leg. It's like dunk, yeah. and then hits him in the head. Dunk. It's like the same noise for yeah. every part of the body. Yeah. And like, only the, had one salami to right. use to make <laughs> yeah. the sound. And then the butcher's like, "All right, stop that shit. I've got a gun." Mm-hmm. And Seagal's like, "You don't want to be a bad guy." Gonna be a good guy, right? <laughs> and the guy's like, uh, "What are you doing?" <laughs> Sakal just walks over to him and just grabs his wrist and turns the gun back around on him mm-hmm. and just takes it and just like, "Stop it! Don't yeah. be, don't be that guy." But yeah. it's pretty good because you've got the guy still hanging on the wall with the cleaver in his hand, <laughs> still wailing. The yeah. other guy's just like, kind of like, 
I guess I don't want to be a bad guy because I just saw I, I'm 20 years older than all these other dudes and, <laughs> yeah. like, and just I, a butcher. Yeah, man. and I, I had and a I gun, saw but you I permanently don't, crippled these men. Now right. I don't have a gun, so yeah. I'm yeah. just kind of standing there. So, and it's cool. He comically like empties the, the the rounds out of the gun mm-hmm. and then just drops it in like the little shopping basket at the front and, and walks out with a little ding ding. Yep. As he goes out. Yep. And that's the end of that scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it then that he decides? Like I said, I don't remember if he goes to see the parents first or the brother first because. He goes I think to he goes parents, to see the parents, parents first, yeah. which is um, Junior Soprano and, you know, Lady. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't know. She's not. And the, he just shows up and immediately they're just like, don't kill my boy. <laughs> well, she's yeah. already wailing. Yeah. Like, she knows what's up. Yeah, the mom yeah. does. And, and she, he's like, if I find him, I got to kill him. Well, she, you know, she's doing the, like, I don't speak any English mother. And he's kind mm-hmm. of, you know, this is this is Junior Soprano. We've seen him now. Mm-hmm. And now he's like attempting to thicken his Italian accent. More Italian. Yeah. And, and it's just like. It drops in and out every time he yeah. talks. Is yeah. like, oh, there's that voice. Okay, now you're trying to do uh, certain come words. Come to this country in some way. Yes, yeah. yeah. it's not a good sandwich. Mm-hmm. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, and they're just they're just pleading. He's like, you know, I gotta do what I gotta do. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. You're like a dad to me. Well, I mean, he's he an does, asshole. <laughs> he does kind of reason it well, where he's like, he shot him in the street in front of his children. He's like, and you, the know mom's the, like you know the code. Yeah. yeah. And the mom's like, but he's still my son. He sounds he's a piece like, of shit. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, don't you know this is a Steven Seagal movie? Yeah. I'm going to drop him down an elevator shaft or something. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to make sure it hurts before he goes. Goes nowhere. Yeah. Um, it, so I guess then he goes to the bar? Yeah, because the, the bar gets a lot of play in this movie because mm. um, Richie's brother owns this bar. Well, I mean, Runs I'm sure it. he... Yeah. Runs it. Richie you know. owns it. Yeah. He, he has a shithole bar, you know, pool tables and arcade machines and pinball tables. Yeah, basically you have to go down downstairs to get to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know that it's just great. Mm. But the first time he shows up, I mean, the place is happening. Like, it's, you know, it's Mafia Guy mm-hmm. Hangout. Um, and he goes in and everyone in the meeting is like, oh, shit, it's Gino. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he's just kind of smugly walking around the bar. He's like, oh. hey, anyone know where Richie is? <laughs> And he's just kind of like, what about you? You know, like, hey, what are you doing here? I didn't think you'd hang out with these people. And, you mm-hmm. know, he's just kind of going around and giving everybody the stink eye and like, what do you? What about you? And they're all just, mm, cap. I, if I could do something, I would. And there's a bunch of people off screen just shouting like, ah, fuck yeah, you. Fuck you, you get the cop. fuck out of here, you piece of shit. <laughs> but, and then eventually, like, when he gets nowhere, like, because he's just kind of going around interviewing everybody. And, you know, you've got half the supporting cast of the Sopranos and Goodfellas mm-hmm. running around this bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. and I'm not joking. I mean, like, that's not, yeah. I'm not being stereotypical. I mean, there's, like, guy mm-hmm. from Goodfellas sitting right there. And there's the one guy who's, like, clearly better dressed than everybody. He's right. yeah. the one that he's talking to. And he's, like, he keeps, this guy keeps saying, well, he's, he ain't shit without his gun and his badge. Mm-hmm. He ain't shit without like, that. Oh, yeah? So he just empties his gun and like, you want that? Fine, no gun. I got no gun now. Mm-hmm. And you know, just someone take my badge. Just take it. And the that's guy's your like, trophy. You yeah. take my badge. He, that's well, your trophy. That was right before it yeah. was like time to actual fight because oh, right. like he he wasn't done fucking with him for a while. Like he just kind of goes around yeah. and interviews or you know, t- you know, gives him. The, yeah. The, One guy he like walks up to him and just shoves him into like it's an old phone booth. Oh, that guy mouths off to him. It, yeah, and he slides the door shut yeah. on him. I mean, like old like like the wooden yeah. phone booth and um. And then eventually he's just like walking around the bar like, the fuck's this? And just like knocking people's beer glasses off. And oh, then yeah. he gets behind the bar and the he's bartender's like... the like, biggest dick cat. Like, yeah. like the bartender's like, you can't go back here. And he just shoves him like to the end of the bar. And then the guy's like, slide out of the way. He's like, that ain't right, man. <laughs> yeah, but I love that when he's like flipping over like the beer, the, the glasses of beer, mm-hmm. he just all of a sudden he's like, picks up a hot dog. Yep. He's like, whose hot dog is this? <laughs> and dunks it in a pitcher <laughs> of beer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just, 
but <laughs> weird. But, but it's it's like it becomes a running theme in this that when he doesn't get what he wants, he just starts like he will shit your place. Yeah. <laughs> he, yes, exactly. He shits your place. He's like, let's just make a mess then. Yep. It's to, and it's just until somebody fights it's me. It's the most indirect, just like eh, this, fuck that, and this yeah. thing in front of me. <laughs> just like a cat. Oh, you're not paying attention yeah. to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This thing important to you? Smash. Yeah. And then he's like, I see a lot of trophies back here for boxing. Uh huh. Is that what you were? Were you a boxer? The guy's like, yes. The guy's like, yeah. He's like, show me what you could do to me. The guy's like 70. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'll show you, you okay, son of a bitch. Okay, go to punch. And then Seagal just does his Seagal shit. Yeah, and that he does guy's his out. flappy hands. Yeah. Chucks yeah. him down on the ground thing. But or, he's, and then pops him in the face. Yeah. He's taking out all kinds of du- dudes. And then eventually they're like, hey, Sticks, get in here. And that's. Well, almost. Uh, oh, yeah. What he's done. He had grabbed a pool ball and he was bouncing oh, it on right. the floor. So bouncing the cue ball off the floor. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, and then he, he's kind of had it in his hand the whole time, and he's grabbed a towel from behind. Mm-hmm. He grabbed the towel from when he when he knocked when, out the um, bartender. The bartender, the bartender. yeah, because yep. it's like a bar rag. So yeah. he's just, and that's and that's when he keeps talking shit, and you can see him slowly rolling the towel around the cue ball. The yeah. first thing he did when he walked in there, though, was grab that that yep. that uh-huh. cue ball. Yep. Yeah, and, he's and menacing that's when, with it the whole time. Yeah, and that's when he empties the gun, holds up the badge, and then the basically the mafia guy goes, $5,000 to whoever gives me that badge. And that's like, my trophy. Shit, let's do this. Yeah. And and this one dude with all these tattoos, this biker guy, is like, all right, man, I'm going to fuck you up. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, are you, huh? And he and that guy just gets cracked in the face with that cue ball in the thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Several guys get and then murdered They, they give him ball. a shot where he's leaning over the pool table. And goes, <laughs> Spitting out his teeth. <laughs> just like all the teeth come out. And then out. again, my favorite thing, he goes, you knocked out half my teeth. <laughs> and comes at him again. <laughs> and then gets the other he side of his mouth knocked out. Thing. Yeah. The one guy's like standing on top of a pool table behind him and tries to get a drop on him. And that guy just yeah. fucking eats table. Yeah. But it's the <laughs> yeah. moment they, they, they're like, all right, call six or seven. Sticks. It seems like six or seven people get like a cue ball to the face. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. But they call in Sticks, who's this little short Asian dude that's been sitting in the corner with, like, I. it looks like he should have a pool cue, but I don't think it is. I think it's thicker. I don't know why he has these sticks just sitting I think there. it was it's probably a for one of those screwed like together. Yeah. yeah. It's I a, know, but it looked like it was, like, it looked like both halves were thicker. Well, he was swinging more. them pretty fast. Yeah. It's hard, hard for me Maybe to Maybe it's tell. two bottom halves of two screwed Could together. Be. But that's, yeah. that's, this is the point where he, I, like I said, I honestly, honestly think he agreed to get hit by a guy, blindsided by a guy. Just so he'd have an excuse to be on his knees, because like I said, I think he would have looked silly trying to fight this guy, because mm-hmm. he was almost, he was a little bit off of eye level on his knees to this guy. This was a little mm-hmm. dude. And so, like I said, I think it's just like, he was like, hey, you can hit me once, blindside yeah. me. It's not so bad, he blindsided me. That really me. is the only time he gets hit, oh, yeah. isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, he gets winged with a bullet, which doesn't fuck he, all. It yeah, means, does, means nothing in this movie. It's like right in the middle of his stomach at the end of the movie, and he's just like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> that stings a bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Give me so, a Tums. So he's down, and Sticks comes over, and they just do the whole mission for justice yeah. thing of just constant, just like, Sticks, 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 mm-hmm. for like, I don't know, a minute. Just, just waving sticks at each other and someone's dubbing in as million as many stick sounds as they can yeah. mm-hmm. and then just Seagal's like enough of this t- tapping stick shit and <laughs> just Clunk. yeah clocks that guy so yeah and you know it's just one of those comic scenes where like they're just injured bodies draped all over everything at this point and he's like yeah who's seen Richie yeah. <laughs> all right you see Richie and he makes a point to push that one guy back into the phone booth yes mm-hmm. the, the guy is, has wandered out and yeah. he's just like nope yep, same guy. There. but he eventually corners um 
I don't know, his brother. I don't remember yeah. his name. Doesn't Richie's matter. brother. Richie's brother. Doesn't matter. Um, but he, like, <laughs> that guy was going for the guy was going for a gun behind the bar, and he does the old, uh, you know, they got the folding section of the bar, yeah, yeah. and he just slams it down on this dude's Oof. arm, mm-hmm. and then just proceeds like the guy's still mouthing off to him, and so he takes his head, and just, boom, just yep. slams it on the bar and breaks his nose, mm-hmm. so he's just bleeding all over his place. Like, you see, Richie, you <laughs> better tell me, <laughs> bye, bye. Yeah, and and also the mafia guy. The main one's like, you can't hit me. I'm one of Dom's guys. All right. He's like, oh, are you? Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. Yeah. And he uppercuts him over the over the bar. Mm-hmm. So he lands in the back part of the bar, knocked out. You never he lands on the guy. back shelf of the bar. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 Like, you never see that guy again. Nope. That guy's... That, he killed him. That mini boss is He gone. shoved <laughs> his nose into his brain. He yes. killed him. Yes. Okay, he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, and then he leaves. Mm-hmm. And we're like, all right, yeah, that was a pretty damn memorable scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Richie is now hanging out in like a chop shop, right? Uh, no, he he's gone. To, he's gone to visit uh, Juliana Margulies. Oh, okay, of Snakes on a Plane fame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her most famous role as stewardess in yes. Snakes on a Plane. Very much so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Acclaimed stewardess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all, is, those, all those Emmys she won for Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is her first movie appearance. I don't even believe she was credited. She right? was not at the beginning, no. Because no. Okay. when she showed oh, up, yeah. we were like, oh, hey, Juliana Margulies mm-hmm. is in yeah. this. Yeah, but she's apparently one of Richie's... Whores. Yeah, but she had quit. Right. And she's trying to teach her sister English. Mm-hmm. Yes. But how to read. Or... Was it reading? Or yeah, was it was English? just reading. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's very brief, so... But Richie just shows up and is just like, hey... You're not retired from me, are you? Let's yeah. let's do some business, if you know what I mean. And mm-hmm. she's like, oh, god damn it. <laughs> Fine. He's also... Yeah. Isn't he... Is it him by himself? Or oh, no. Is the, he, all no, the whole crew it, rolls in yeah, there. Yeah, I think two or three guys are there, and he's mm-hmm. once again menacing with a gun. So yeah. she's like, Err. All right. Yeah, just and this is just like to drive home that he's a piece of shit. Like, like As there is never. Tell. Yeah, there is never a scene where he has any like like a sympathetic bone in his body yep. at any point whatsoever. One, if that even started to hint of showing, he would just do some more crack. Yep. Because <laughs> yep. he clearly has a death wish. Um, but yeah, there's that, yeah. and then at one point he does. They all fuck off to a. Um, Chop shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eventually they get there after the long montage of stuff that were like that had to be scenes for that were cut for okay. something. Yeah, right. like 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 there was a subplot here because all that footage is like not the stuff you shoot for a montage. It's it's like very specific. Like it was it, like Steven Seagal <laughs> having a very pointed conversation with somebody. You know, a lot of those types of things. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I, okay. And William Forsythe just murdering more people yeah. for no particular reason. I gotta mention, even though it has nothing to do with the plot whatsoever, why the scene survived, I don't know, but, like, Seagal goes into a grocery store and just asks, you know, like, hey, you got any of that puppy dog chow? I got a puppy. He's carrying the dog, by the way, just Ah, through this grocery store. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, you need some of this, and you need these, and this is all our (laughs) We got everything you could need. (laughs) Yes. Including two different types of dog food. (laughs) Right. Please buy both. All two of them. <laughs> and he's just like, eh, this stuff didn't come from Jersey, did it? I don't want my dog getting irradiated. Ha ha. The guy's like, yeah, <laughs> fucking A right. Fuck <laughs> Jersey. Island, yeah. right, <laughs> Pointless scene. Nothing. His, there just, are a few of those. <laughs> just him walking in, buying pet food, mm-hmm. and then throwing the pet food and his dog in the yeah. car to live. <laughs> so, but anyway, so, okay, Richie's at the chop shop. And uh, there's a guy in a wheelchair there, and man, Richie just is cutting this guy no slack at all. Just yeah. as soon as he sees him, just starts spinning him around, just like ha ha, you're in a wheelchair. And yeah. 
then he's like, hey, let's see. I think this happened before because he was like, let's call up some whores and let's, you know, have a party. And the guy was like, I haven't gotten laid since 1969. I'm in this chair. Mm -hmm. And Richie's mocking him for that. And then at one point, like they put that guy in a chair, and and Richie is riding his wheelchair yeah. all around the office, crash just just well, going full speed and just crashing into things. I mean, yeah. they show him taking a monster hit off a crack pipe. Yes. right before that. <laughs> yes, they do. Um, and then who like, hasn't done that in a chop shop and then beat up a cripple? Yeah. Yeah. But like cops show up in a in an armored vehicle, mm-hmm. and his crew's like, "Oh shit, cops!" And so they start to fuck off up to the roof. And he's yelling at the guy in the wheelchair, like, did you, t- you ratted yeah, me out? you ratted, because the guy asks, he's like, so that cop you killed, why'd yeah. you whack him? Was it him? business was it or personal? Person? He goes, it was personal business. Yeah, don't ask me my business. Yeah. And then that's when the cops show up, and he's just like, did you rat me out? And he's like, I've been sitting here the whole time. Yeah. I, I, what? And so Richie just shoots that guy dead, mm-hmm. and they run off on the roof. And Richie's able to get away from being cornered by police a lot for a fat man on crack. Yeah. Like, a lot. Hey, Chuck, you ain't gonna catch no crackhead. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, for a guy who is not thinking clearly and is bombed out of his mind on crack, he is able to get away from a large police force on a regular basis. Crack gives you super speed, Chuck. I guess it does. It does. (laughs) Yeah. Um, As opposed to super speed, which just makes you crazy. That's true. (laughs) We we are, um, like, that... That scene is towards the end of the movie. There's another side plot because there's one more family member of Richie's. Mm-hmm. Um, because Steven Seagal goes to a fancier club. Mm-hmm. Like this is like more like a you know proper nightclub with a yeah. you know VIP section upstairs, and it's run by Gina Gershon, who's oh Bamcast alum, mm-hmm. yeah, Showgirls, yeah. <laughs> but she's supposed to be she's Richie's sister, um, and apparently this is also his place, uh, I guess. And um, he just kind of corners her, and they have some witty banter. Sure, you know, like as best as best as they can, because I mean, you know, it's she has a history, they have a history, and you know, she's just kind of got some disdain, but you know, they have some. Everyone, it doesn't matter what side you're on in this movie. Everyone has disdain for everybody. Right. Like there is no friendly. Jerry Orbach and Steven Seagal are the only two people in this movie on the same page. Mm -hmm. Everyone else is just like breaking each other's balls just over nothing. The whole time. Because, like, Gina Gershon probably doesn't have any information, mm-hmm. but he's just not having it. Mm-hmm. And will do anything. I Like, because it, you know, he eventually gets her up to her office, mm-hmm. and he just starts his whole, like, well, fuck all your shit. Yeah, starts, starts <laughs> basically throwing her desk yeah. into the air. Like, just papers on her desk. Papers just, just <laughs> confetti time. Papers everywhere. Going through her desk drawer, just pulling stuff out. Um and at one point, okay, so he's been back to the police station at one point and went through Bobby's desk and found, like, a giant bag of drugs and some Polaroids that show him fucking some lady. And right. it's mm-hmm. just sitting right there in the yeah. desk. Like, why do you keep a giant bag of Coke and Polaroids <laughs> of you fucking somebody that ain't right. your wife in your desk? Yes. And the thing that I never understand about these Polaroids, of which there seem to be dozens of these things of him fucking someone, is that... They're Polaroids. Someone was someone. A third party was taking these things, Mm -hmm. and those two fuckers in the picture are posing for this, like making DreamWorks face and everything, just like smug, like check me out, I'm banging this chick. Let me explain something about crack to you, Chuck. (laughs) Okay, Uh I think he was on crack. Uh, Do you? Yeah. What about just just regular cocaine? (laughs) 
Cocaine Wait, makes you like. He did have so, a giant bag oh, of no, it. Oh no, you're, his more, you're desk. way more rational. <laughs> Wait a second, are you saying like because he was on crack, he was so fast that he could run over and take the picture <laughs> and run over and be in the picture? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Didn't I, Polaroid? Did Polaroids have a timer? No. No. <laughs> no. You just had to sit there and shake them for a while, which yeah. never worked. <laughs> you know, like hey, yeah. Uh, what? I don't... What is that? I don't know. Okay. Um, but yeah, so it, it's this major plot point of the movie, these Polaroids are, but I, I, it's a, the stupidest plot point. It doesn't make any sense why... Even if he's on crack, why he's like, yeah, take my Polaroid of me fucking you, and then whoever the person is who's actually taking it, that's never addressed at all. When you do cocaine, man... I guess. You do weird sex things, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, oh, definitely. So there, there was a, um, there was a cocktail waitress at Gina Gershon's club who mm-hmm. slipped him a napkin that said, ro- just said Roxanne. Right. Roxanne. And um, I, he that's just a weird name for a prostitute. It is right. Yeah. Um, but he, when he finds the pictures, he's just like, oh, that must be Roxanne. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. When, and uh, yeah, uh, he just kind of jumps to that conclusion, but not, mm-hmm. not that important. No, because like he arrests Gina Gershon because she won't tell him anything yeah, because right. she doesn't know anything. Yeah, and just she knows her in... he was there a couple days ago. Yeah, and and I'll admit this is when I was confused because that montage makes it feel like a few days have passed. Right, but no, it's still the same night because mm-hmm. he still has the dog in his car. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> William Forsythe is going around like this is going to be the best night. Yeah, this, this is my last, last night. night yeah, but... I got a and everyone's. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so. tonight's gonna be a crack night. Yeah. I filled up my pipe, Mazel tov. <laughs> But like, he takes Jeter Gershon back to the precinct and books her. Yeah, and is just like, I'll book you on prostitution. Uh, Ten dollars. Well, no, he, right? he gives her a code. Yeah, to which the uh, transvestite prostitute that's in the cell with her goes, "That's prostitution, yeah. honey." Yeah, and she's just like, "You son of a bitch!" And he's like, "Can I get a witness on this?" And like yeah. a cop in the back is just like. I see her on the street every night. <laughs> yeah, he's like, she's like, fuck all of you. Well, he goes, he goes, yeah, she's like ten dollars. Yeah, and she's like ten dollars. This, fuck you, yeah. and gives him the finger. And Skull's like, I thought you would have been at least fifteen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and then he, well, then I think he comes back to to well, some time has passed, and like Gina Krishan gets brought into like an interrogation room or mm-hmm. whatever, and and finally he's like, I think I have some information. Who's no, this? it's his palatial office that he's in. Oh, this that, oh, rich right. mahogany yeah, office yeah, that right, he yeah. has. Um, Mister Narcotics Man. Yeah. <laughs> but basically, he he's like, you know, finally giving her the the rest of the like. I know some information now. Look at this Polaroid, mm-hmm. and well, I don't remember. Like he's like, I've got your I've got your dad locked up too. I mean, he's just yeah, like, yeah, because the dad came down just to like. Talk, like I don't even understand why he he came him. down basically to say I know I had to pretend like I didn't want you to kill my son in front of my wife who's mm-hmm. heartbroken about this but I'm scared to death he's gonna kill both of us maybe do your thing and take care of my boy yeah yeah because <laughs> he shows her the Polaroid she's she, I think she still kind of pretends like I don't know who that is or whatever and then, but basically he's like if I tell you anything he's gonna kill me and he's like he's your, he you know he's your brother. Your sis- his sister, and he's like, yeah, he's on crack. It doesn't yeah. matter. He's going to kill me. It's like crack. And he's, I just love this Polaroid evidence he keeps showing to people of this guy just doing like the hey! Isaac the bartender, like, <laughs> check out this bitch I'm fucking. And yeah. it's like, you're just showing this to random people, just like, you know this person? Well, one, one person like, what got if that's the, someone's the, daughter? <laughs> one person got the face shot where he's just coked out of his mind, like, uh, yeah, DreamWorks. Yeah. DreamWorks face. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... I love that you know this, this poor <laughs> actress, like, this is all, like, this is the entirety of her credit in the movie, aside from one dead body later. Oh, it's Julie Spoilers. Strange. She's yeah. been in I much know. worse positions, but it's trust just, me. <laughs> it's just funny the way it's presented, where it's just yeah. like, 
check this out. Yeah. yeah. She she appears in the Polaroids and then, well, very uh, quickly dead. Yeah. yeah. Also naked. Yes. So yeah, that's that's her entire part in the movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so he basically believes like, okay, maybe Junior Gershon doesn't know anything. I'll take mm-hmm. you back to your club. And then that's when he, the, the waitress who brought over the napkin that said Roxanne on it, he's like, eh, is this you? And she's like, no, idiot. And he's like, oh, <laughs> and just shows no, her. Well, no, he asked her if she's Roxanne. That's what I'm saying. He's like, is yeah. this you? He, he oh, pulls out the napkin. He showed the picture. No, he pulled. Yeah. <laughs> no, that would have been really stupid. But no, this kind of looks like you take your top off. Let's be sure. <laughs> he pulls out the napkin that says Roxanne. I was like, are you Roxanne? She's like, no. He's like, oh, what about this picture? He's like, that's Roxanne. <laughs> well, no, at first she like breaks down because we basically the rest of the plot comes out that. Oh, God, if this is a plot at all. Um. Richie's fucking everyone, and Bobby's fucking everyone that Richie's fucking. Yeah, Bobby apparently got jealous of Richie's lifestyle, and rather than go find his own women, like down that, yeah, that like, comes out was in cheating a was cheating montage. on his wife with the cocktail waitress and Roxanne. Yeah, and Bobby or Richie found out and was you know that's why yeah he apparently did this. Roxanne was Richie's girl or whatever yeah sure yeah yeah like I said, it, it's like the thinnest reason for. I mean, I really think it should have been like a dirty cop scenario, not this jealous bullshit. Because like, I'm just saying like, yeah, because not, not Richie, only do they do they make his partner like a guy who is a shitty guy who's cheating on his right. wife with two women. They make him on the take, too, because he's got the big bag of coke yeah. in his desk at work. I'm just saying like in Rich- a police precinct. <laughs> Sometimes you he's just got like the got to put your face. It's not in that. even like the hefty gallon bag. It's like the bigger <laughs> Ziploc than that. It's like check out this much coke. Yeah, emergency. It's man. not. It's not coke. It's not cocaine. Yeah. It's cocaine, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, that quantity. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's like he's just like got a fucking garbage bag of coke in his desk. <laughs> well, with with, Seagal, a, with a wad of hundred dollar yes. bills. Yeah, when Seagal like, goes, oh to, yeah, that's uh, that's evidence. <laughs> he's like, try, he's like, well, let me see if I can figure out what's going on. I'll open his desk and just opens the incriminating desk drawer, giant bag, Polaroids. Yeah. Like he might as well. Yeah. He's just written incriminating in fine <laughs> yes. script on it. Gun with the serial number filed off. Just you know, <laughs> nuclear codes. Yeah, there's a little note says, in case I'm dead, this wasn't me. Right. So it's, it's Shah of Iran's personal phone. Number. It's so dumb, but whatever. Yeah. So they go. It's like, all right, well, let's go to Roxanne's place. And then Seagal's like, oh, Roxanne's dead. Yeah. Oh, well. And hey, come in here and check this dead body out, yeah. lady. Hey, identify the body for me. And then we're, she's done. The cocktail waitress is oh, done. Oh, yeah, because Jerry Or Orbach shows up and just is like, what the hell's going on? He's like, I showed her a dead body. <laughs> He's like, did you have any breakfast? It's pretty bad up there. And it's it's weird because this shot is like all the police cars arriving and it kind of cranes up a little bit like it's the end of the movie. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's a weird place to end it. Nothing has been resolved. Mm-hmm. But why would you put that shot in there? Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, Richie has decided it's time to go back to Juliana Margulies' place. Yeah. And have a, a coke hooker party. <laughs> sure. Like you do. Which, and yeah. And he calls all his friends because... Uh, well, actually, before that happens, they go back to the bar and he meet, and he meets up with his brother for the last time because his brother's gotten beaten up by Seagal. Uh-huh. And then the mob has come and beat him up. Yeah. Where this we br- get our one, like, the grizzled wise guy. The guy who just will come at you, like, before you have a chance to do anything and is taunting you the whole time and telling you you're a piece of shit while he's hurting you. Yeah. Because he and just grabs like that guy's nose. 70 years old. Yeah. 
He's, he's so he's great. <laughs> he, he is great. He grabs the brother's nose and is just like, you know where he is, don't you? You know where he is. Well, if you don't, I'm gonna fucking come back here. I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna kill your unborn children. I'm gonna fucking murder everyone in here and your nose first. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna murder him with your nose. Right. Yeah. I'm gonna rip your yeah. nose off. See this? I got your nose. And I'm gonna murder people. To with <laughs> yeah, but the guy's like, no, really, I don't know where Richie is. He hasn't been here. I don't like getting my ass kicked. I would tell you guys by now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, but eventually Richie comes back and Richie's just pissed at him too. Richie starts beating on him. He's like, why didn't you kill him? It's yeah. just Steven Seagal. And he's like, he's like, look at this place. How did you let him do this? Yeah. And he's just like, I don't want to do this anymore, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he really is. Because like more mob guys come in. Yeah, they're coming. And, the, and one of the guys says, hey, they're, they're here. And, yeah. and he's like, all right, grab a gun and shoot them. And the guy's like, I can't. He's, he's like, like, you piece of shit. Well, I don't want to ever see you again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they kill these three mob guys who show up. And Richie's just basically like, I win. I'm the winner. Game over for you guys. Let's yeah. go somewhere else now. And that's when they go to Julian and Margulies' yeah. house. That's when he's like, I have, have the giant coke I have party. killed all I can kill. Yeah. So let's just, let's wrap this up. Let's, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's coke it up. Because, uh, yeah, they come in and, and she's just like, oh, shit. Really? Again? You guys probably were here two days ago in the script, but because the movie's so edited yeah. badly, you're back <laughs> 20 minutes later mm-hmm. <laughs> what's wrong with you yeah and and he like plops down on the couch like on top of the sister yeah she's, she's like, like no, no 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 i'll take care of you richie things <laughs> yeah. will be great yeah and kind of like shoves the girl out of the room basically mm-hmm. and he's like and and this is the point where like the uh one of the one of the henchmen who's a uh, cop what was it bobby arms bobby is the arms. guy's name <laughs> who's arms. played by jay akavone who He's one of those guys, like, as soon as you see him, you're like, oh, yeah, I've seen this guy in a million things, but mm-hmm. you can never remember what any of them are. Nope. But he, he's like, he's like, he's got a, like, kind of like a little head wound, and he seems like he's just sick of of the crack pipe lifestyle at this point. Yeah, at some, there was a scene deleted somewhere where that guy got beat up, because, okay, well, this is after, so... <sighs> They were all driving around and were listening to police scanner. Oh, that's right. And oh god, yeah, that's right. So because like there's been a scene where Seagal is trying to reconcile with his wife. Oh. Um, and then it seems like it's working. Yeah, and then like so the, the all the bad guys converge on that apartment, and they're all sneaking around outside because yeah. they're going to break in and murder everybody because mm-hmm. that's where Seagal is. Uh, and Seagal just basically grabs every gun he can find and shoots everyone through walls, through schools, through <laughs> which yeah. is whatever he can shoot through. Yes. Well, oh, and Wallace. he mercilessly murders dudes in this. Like, oh, there's yeah. one guy, like, he he gets the guy, he can, like, disable the guy, but mm-hmm. no, he just fucking shoots him in the chest, mm-hmm. like, at point-blank range. And there's one guy in a hallway that he disarms, and the guy's like, you're going to shoot me, I'm, I'm unarmed, and he's like... Yeah, you're right. I'm going to do this. And just runs him down the hall and throws him over the fire escape to yep. his death. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. Meanwhile, but... his wife and kid are hiding in the bathtub of, mm-hmm. uh, of mm-hmm. this apartment. So. Yes. Bullets are flying into the bath because yeah. Seagal is not watching where he's shooting at all. Uh, yeah. But but I love William Forsythe's face as they're listening to the police scanner and he's calling in. He's like, <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of Richie's guys here and there's like. Six of them are deceased now. Yeah, because that's and they're when like, oh man, really? Yeah, because that's when it's just him and and the guy that you mentioned who yeah. show up at Juliana Margulies's house. But between them driving around and showing up, that guy has a giant wound on his head. Mm-hmm. Like, well, how did that happen? But whatever. Yeah. Well, you work for Richie. Yeah, you probably got slammed into the yeah, dash at some point. <laughs> typical. You didn't coke. use your signal. Yeah. <laughs> Is that Is how a typical you buckle your seatbelt? 
Crackheads get cracked heads all the time. Yeah, yeah I guess they do. There you <laughs> crack go. Crackheads get cracked heads. <laughs> I, I remember that in dare class. Yeah. Way back then. Officer they Friendly comes around and tells you crackheads get cracked heads. <laughs> it's a mnemonic device to remember not to do crack cocaine. It's it's very important. It's good no, stuff no, to mnemonic know. Device. No. Johnny mnemonic? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, it's it's time for a coke hooker party. Right. And they've got, you know, it, it, at this point, he goes in and uh, the kid informant happens to live next door <laughs> to yes. Juliana Margulies. Yeah, because he's like, hey. And she gets on the payphone and calls and. and like, Gino. <laughs> yeah. They're here. <laughs> yeah. Gino, hey, buddy, check it out. This phone booth is smashed to fuck. Like, how this phone actually works, I have no idea. Because it's, like, almost hanging in midair. There's no surrounding structure for this phone booth. Whatever. It gets right through to the cops. And Yeah. But, yeah, so so he's like, it's he, he's like, my uncle lives next door. He's at her place right now. Mm-hmm. And for once, Steven Seagal's like, all right, I'll, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'll be there in a second. Get safe somewhere. Get, like, <laughs> 20 city blocks away. Yeah. Yeah. For once, if the collateral damage person yeah. is going to be so far away from the actual yeah. death montage that's I don't about to say happen. this often, but run to Jersey. Mm-hmm. Go to Jersey. It's the only safe place <laughs> only right safe now. Place. I'll apologize later. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. And so this starts the final scene where he basically jogs up to the place with a shotgun Mm -hmm. starts sneaking in and the one girl the sister is just kind of curled up in the outside like on the fire escape or whatever and he's like all right shows the badge and then it's like you better leave too you better head to jersey he does a lot of signaling to her to leave Mm -hmm. before she actually does it's like okay badge gun out Mm -hmm. you get out now Finally, she's like, me? He's like, yes, you go. Yeah, two words, Uh sounds like. (laughs) But what I don't understand is when he finally does go into the the place, you know, he's he's observed the party, he's scanned, you know, he's he's doing the hitman, scan everyone mission Mm -hmm. stuff, and then comes in and like try, like he's like, everyone put your hands up, you're under arrest or whatever. And they're like, there's like 30 of us and one of you, so no. Well, one guy is just holding a gun under the table. Mm-hmm. Like, the second Seagal walks in, he's just like, all right. And the guy's like, blam. Yeah, and that's the one shot that Seagal takes to the side somehow, but that it, it means does nothing. nothing. Yeah. No, at one point, it, it looks like dead center in the stomach when he's showing it off later, but he's basically just sticking his finger in it like, look, I got shot. Mm-hmm. Check this shit out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ain't that a bitch? Yeah. <laughs> I still got another kidney. <laughs> yeah. Look, if I whistle and do this, it changes the pitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but so he just unloads with this shotgun mm-hmm. and just starts blasting guys, you know, and starts diving behind things. Mm-hmm. There's a big shootout. Hookers are running out of the place screaming. Guys are coming at and, him. He's just doing his, like, turning and, their force into nothing and throwing them through walls. Yeah, and Bobby Arms, like, comes out and mm-hmm. is like, oh, fuck. And, you know, he's got, like, kind of like, he's got one of the hookers as a hostage. Yeah. And then she just kind of pushes him away and runs away. And he's like, oh, fuck. And Seagal shoots this guy in the shin and blasts the lower part of his leg off at the Clean knee. Clean off. <laughs> and he goes from Johnny Arms to Johnny One Leg. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then Johnny Arms had a farewell to leg. And then, <laughs> and then he just starts. The best part is he's lost his leg. And he goes, you shot off my fucking leg. Yeah. Clean but, off. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> 
and you hear him in the background for the next two minutes just screaming and bitching about his missing leg he's like god that's a dick move yeah yeah how am i gonna walk now (laughs) you shot my leg off yeah and there's the you come back here there's one guy put my leg back on (laughs) anybody this hurts there's one guy who's on like the other side of this wooden railing thing and Seagal's not quite sure what he's going to do so he just grabs that guy's arm and pulls him through this barrier. <laughs> he spends a good like yeah. 10 seconds looking at the gun, well, looking at the guy, looking at Juliana Margulies. He's like how do I kill this guy? Yeah, mm-hmm. And this is the biker guy who's yes. lost all his teeth. So That's right. like this guy hasn't suffered enough at Steven Seagal's hands. He's also got a he big fucking no knot on his head. Yeah. Oh yeah. And no teeth. Yes. But yeah, so he pulls them, him through that wall, and the guy's still like, come on. Yeah, and like, Seagal you, cop. kicks that man to death. He <laughs> yes. kicks him, and he flies backwards into a wall, dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he hits all the celery, and, and he's dead. Yes. Yeah. Everything in his body has shattered. That man is no longer a man. He is mm-hmm. a puddle. <laughs> yep. So then he goes into the room, and Juliana Margulies goes, he's in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of both open fire at the wall between each other. Mm-hmm. Neither of them hits. No. And finally, William Forsythe comes out, and he's like, I'm all out of bullets. Well, he's holding the gun to his head. Yeah. His own head. He's like, what are you going to do? And that's not really a threat, guy, because mm-hmm. <laughs> either I'm going to murder you or you are. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> that only worked in Blazing Saddles. Yeah. Yep. So this, I mean, this, uh, William well, Forsythe yeah. eventually is just like out of bullets. And then Seagal's like, oh, yeah, me too. You know, empties his gun and throws it yeah, down. Yeah, he goes, you should have saved him. It would have saved you a lot of pain. Yeah. And then Seagal proceeds to murder not only him, but the entire house with him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like Juliana Margulies, this house has to be condemned. It's totaled. No one can ever live there again. <laughs> no. It's like he's trying to renovate the kitchen. <laughs> he's like, well, they don't want any of this shit anyway, no, you... so let's just slam Richie into <laughs> no, it for You five understand minutes. they would have to disclose not just one person died there, like... 14 people died in this house. And a guy yeah. lost half his leg. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. one Might guy under is the floor still boards, bitching sure. about his leg. <laughs> his ghost is going to be bitching about that fucking leg for decades. And the worst part is they cut that guy's death out of the movie hmm. because it was in the NC-17 version that's ah. only on Laserdisc, which we didn't get to see. Hmm. But we just, we never know no. what Johnny One Leg's fate. Johnny 1.5 legs. Yeah, okay. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, but yeah, he's just chucking Forsyth around, and Forsyth keeps grabbing stuff. Seagal keeps disarming him and just throwing the things to the side disgustedly. Well, no, a couple times he's whatever he picks up gets used on Forsyth. Yeah, like whatever it is, he will pick up something, and then Seagal will just turn it around. Yeah. And there's like well, a yeah, cast but, iron uh, skillet. Oh, oh yeah, and he, he hits him in the head. <laughs> oh, like, I mean, he, he's man. been he's been beat to shit at this point. Like him reaching for the skillet, like him on the floor, like maybe something's up there. And reaches for it, and yeah, just immediately like, gets turned around. And yeah, but yep. like when he takes the big butcher knife from him, he just looks at it, and he's like, fuck this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but and the the end result is he picks up a corkscrew. Mm-hmm. Um, because and, they were classy. They were drinking wine with their crack. Yes. <laughs> and comes at Seagal with the corkscrew, which immediately he's <laughs> disarmed, and Seagal just jabs the corkscrew right into his brain. Yep, right in his forehead. Dead. And he goes, Richie's dead. Yeah, and he goes, that one's for Bobby. Yeah. Not the best thing you could say. Yeah. Come on. How many screw you jokes yep. could there have been that yep. they didn't use? Yep. We got our screw you joke last week. 
I, last week? That was, yeah, well, yeah. it was a good one, but still, we can have two in a row. Yeah, come on. Just keeps, everyone should say <laughs> If you kill anyone with a screw-related item, <laughs> say you're screwed. I always <laughs> knew you were a corksucker. <laughs> or that, anything. Yeah. anything. Yeah, I don't know. But like one of the mob guys has shown up and is coming into the house, yeah. and Seagal kind of accosts him, takes his gun, and just shoots Richie like four more times. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, whoa, whoa, hey, what are you doing? And he's like, you, you did credit. You, <laughs> yeah. you did what you had to do. <laughs> you got yeah. the kill. I, I was just here. I, bye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My name's Gino, and you're the Pino. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I just want to write one-liners for getting killed by a corkscrew. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But then basically it's like a Looks daytime like yeah. and Seagal and his wife are at the pier, you know. Yeah, and he's carrying around that dog. He's got the dog. So the dog lived. We were constantly worried about the safety of this dog. Well, yeah, he shuttles a lot of people around in the car and it's not like they're holding the dog. Yeah. Man, I would have loved that if like whoever got in the car, like Gina Gershon taking her into prison. He's just like, all right, hold this dog for me. Yes, while you're exactly. No one who ever gets in the car interacts with the dog. It's just the dog knows mm-hmm. to instinctively get in the back seat and just look But yeah, like, he's whatever. walking with the wife, talking about, oh, well. And guess what he sees? He sees, well, this this guy bumps her out of the way mm-hmm. when there's clearly enough room to get around. Yeah, and he's like, uh, what? And he watches that guy go back to his car. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Yep. It's the car from the earlier part of the movie that threw the dog out. Yep. And Seagal's like, hey, did you throw a puppy dog, puppy chow out of your car? It was like, yeah, what do you fuck you, you piece of shit? And Skull's back in beret mode again, mm-hmm. like an idiot. Um, and he's like, oh, I'm a piece of shit. Hey, come at me. And the guy's like, I'll show you. And, you know, tries his lame 65 year old mm-hmm. man punch on Steven Seagal. And Seagal's not having it. Kicks that man in the balls. Yeah, spins that guy around and kicks him in the balls from behind. Destroys this man's test. To which the guy falls down and goes, oh, my balls. <laughs> <laughs> which. Good on you. Again. That's what you should say yeah. when you get hit in the balls. <laughs> yeah. And of course, they set the dog down. It's like, hey, puppy, go do your thing. And the dog goes and pees on the guy's head with the loudest foley of the movie. Oh, it is just they went into the bathroom and filmed just someone in the giant, the biggest urinal they could find. Yeah. It's like, all right, we got it. <laughs> Dub that in. That's mm-hmm. just like a dog peeing on a man. And yep. then he's like, eh, it's a puppy dog's a police dog. <laughs> and then we get a montage of b-roll from the movie which freeze frames on a not so flattering big freeze lumpy frame of faced skull yeah, making Seagal a face looking like looking angry yeah uh as one of the songs that apparently he wrote plays yes being sung by greg allman yeah man that's how'd you get greg all i don't know but it's 1991 <laughs> it's a crazy time he probably just shared some of the cocaine. Yeah, they were binging. Um, really disappointing that Seagal wrote that song, and it sounds like a ramp up to describing the events of the movie, and then it doesn't. Yep. Not only does it not, it doesn't use the title of the movie. Nope. So, fuck you, song. Yep. <laughs> no credits for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But other ratings. Yeah. Yes. Other ratings. Mm-hmm. Um. I can go. I mean, okay. Yeah. Unless you're ready. Can, uh, I'm ready. Um, I'll, I'll go. go. I, yeah. I, I know this is going to sound a little strange, but I really enjoy this movie. And I'm I'm tentatively leaning towards five jocks. Like, I was at a four jocks movie for this entire for this entire thing. 
and I kind of forgotten about the shithead dog thrower outer guy. <laughs> you know, like I mean, you know, so like that ending scene was like, all right, finally, you know, justice mm-hmm. for puppy, and <laughs> and like that just kind of was like, all right, that's what that's the ending I needed. Like it felt like here's a here's an extra jocks kind of ending. Like cause mm-hmm. it just felt between him, you know, systematically beating the shit out of William Forsythe and the dog getting his own form of justice. It was kind of all good, and it, it kind of wrapped in the wrapped up in the way that I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think this is a five jocks movie for me. I mean, I, I feel obviously maybe not as strongly as some five jocks movies, but mm-hmm. I really fucking like this movie. Like I I I know Seagal is a bad actor, and I know like his accent was terrible, what? and you know <laughs> what? he was questionably speaking Italian, but what? like I was actually like buying the character interaction. Like mm-hmm. I I kind of was like getting that Brooklyn neighborhood feel. Like I know some of it was cheesy, but I was really getting that. Like, oh, we all know we, you know, I've seen a lot of movies like this. You know, there's a lot of New York filmmakers where it's like, yeah, we grew up and we grew apart and we kind of did different things. Mm-hmm. You know, there's lots of movies like that with that theme, and and this felt like a pretty good example. Strangely enough, hmm. with lots of arm breaking and gun shooting. So yeah. Okay. So you're settling on a five? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's strange. Okay. I. I was solidly out of four. I don't think I gave the other Seagal movies five, but this is definitely the best Seagal movie we've watched. Um, and I would say four jocks. The only reason it doesn't is the editing being so confusing for so many points. Yeah. You know, and so many pointless scenes that are left in, like when he tells the story that we skipped over completely, like with a mobster about how he grew up with this other guy, you know, and he looked up to this guy who was a mobster. It was his uncle. Yeah. His uncle it was, was going okay. to take him to the movies and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like, and then there was a guy, and he was able to intimidate him even though he was nine years old because his mobster uncle was there. And it's like a completely pointless story that doesn't even like tie into something. You know, it's not like, okay, and that's why I have to go after Richie. You know, there's none of that. So well, he, also, lo- he has another one, too. He tell, yeah. talks about his dad and like how yeah, his, talking his sharpener, sharpening company went out of business, essentially, because people bought disposable knives and scissors and crap. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but... um. But otherwise, I realized this is a black exploitation movie without any black people in it. <laughs> but no, no, really, like it's got the irredeemable bad guy mm-hmm. who's just a complete piece of shit throughout. Mm-hmm. It's got like the one guy who's kind of a cop, but not really part of the system. And it's got all the people on the street that know him mm-hmm. and are willing to interact with him, even though he's not really part of their world. It's you very know? trouble, Manny. Yeah, it's regard. it's very much it's it's very much taking the black exploitation thing, you know, the the formula of it and also the violence where it's not afraid to shy away from violence whatsoever mm-hmm. or swearing, you know, in a way that around that time kind of had things had moved towards getting away from that stuff. Mm-hmm. And this was refreshingly not anything, you know, like right. it earned its R and then some. So I I really like it. I just wish that like all the subplot stuff hadn't have been handled the way it was and that the editing had been made tighter so that it didn't feel like this was like multiple days, even though it was one night yeah, and multiple subplots that just like randomly went nowhere, mm-hmm. but still four jocks. It's, it's a solid fun movie and goddamn that pool, that whole pool hall scene in that bar where he's just beating the shit out of people with a cue ball is so good. Well, yeah. even before that just is like shit your place moments. Oh yeah. So good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. But yeah, it's a very solid four. I, I'm tempted to go five, but I can't quite do it. Okay. 
you know, I was kind of at a at a three before you mentioned the the sort of black exploitation style of this movie, and I was like, oh, you know what? This is actually it. Actually, is like all the elements that we really like about that, except for mm-hmm. you know, except for you know, black guy getting revenge on some mm-hmm. dumbass honkies, um, which is you know. <laughs> One of my favorite things. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like replace black exploitation with Italian exploitation or something. Kinda, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> especially bad because it's you know a poor approximation of Italian from a mm-hmm. Irish Jewish guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean this this movie's a definite four jocks. Like if it had been a little bit tighter in the in the pacing and not kind of like if it hadn't been hacked apart by Steven Seagal. Um, like not in his acting, but in his you know in his editing um, demands. Uh, I I think we, I think it could have easily gotten to a five jocks movie for me. Um, also, or or conversely, if it had had more explosions or <laughs> another scene of ass kicking, because I felt like we did a little bit too much running around and not quite enough ass kicking. So had we had another two to three minutes of Steven Seagal breaking people's arms in interesting ways or, you know, flipping them into a pinball table. But... The pinball tables survived. They did, they (laughs) did. They were lucky pinball tables. Um, But, you know, had we had had a little bit more of the old ultraviolence, it could have put me over. But still, solid four jocks. Yeah. I have mixed feelings about Out for Justice, and I realize that some of them are because of later events in Seagal's career that are affecting my opinion here. It's like Sex Dungeon. Well, not even that stuff. It's like this is this is on the tail end of Seagal being doing things that everyone wants him to be doing. Because then after this, he would make fifty movies that are total garbage. Um, No, I mean, yeah, but I mean, this is like the the ramp down from doing yes, all yes. the good things. Um, and it's also the ramping up of his his needless, I need to be more involved with everything, like every facet of it. I need to produce. Like I when need he started to, to be producing, yeah. Soundtrack, I need to do all the things. I need to take control of the film and have it re-edited, that kind of thing. Sometimes you've got to trust people to do, to tell a story, to put a film together and stuff like that. You You can't, you can't be the one all the time to take control and make yourself the center of the universe. And you can see that happening here and the film suffers for it because everyone else is just disregarded. Yeah. Like characters who probably died, die off screen or had fights off screen or, you know, just the whole thing about him thinking that William Forsyth is becoming bigger than him in the movie is absurd. It's absurd. It's crazy talk. It's just so I, I go ahead. I'll say that Forsyth is working on stealing the show the entire movie. He's unhinged. He's yeah, he's like, out of his mind the entire time, and that's what you need. It's like amazing. If, if you're gonna have a guy shoot a cop in broad daylight at the beginning of your movie, mm-hmm. he needs to say can stay consistently unhinged throughout, yeah. and he does. Like you want this man to die the worst possible yeah. death, but it's, he's never gonna be the star. Th- thankfully, I mean, I, who knows with other cuts? I mean. But thankfully, there is a point where we know the bad guys are coming to his house from that scene. Mm -hmm. And we have also figured out that the dog is still in the car. Yeah. And there was that, like, moment where I was like, if you fucking John Wick this, Mm -hmm. we don't need it. Like, (laughs) I mean, that was the end end for John Wick. Like, 
we already hated yeah. William Forsythe. Yeah, I was afraid they were going to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, you just seem like the guy. Like he'd be like, "Hey, Gino," and he'd stand outside with the dog and just, yeah, you know, it's like a oh, motherfucker. But I just I think the hubris to take this role when he is not anywhere close to being Italian and attempting to do it and failing miserably and then calling out other actual Italian people in the movie and telling them that their their accent sucks, which is what he did to William Forsythe mm-hmm. at one point. Who's from Brooklyn. From, from fucking Brooklyn. I mean, come on. Um, his, You know he had... He went to somebody and said, I need speeches. I need moments where I can act. And that's why there are those two or three moments where it's just long, slow zooms on him while he's monologuing. And it's like, nobody fucking cares if you <laughs> act. That's not why any person is here for this. Break so, somebody's wrist. <laughs> yes. Do your thing. <laughs> Dancing monkey, do it. <laughs> I don't want to hear you Shakespeare it up. So I have a lot of anger about their <laughs> things in this movie, but no. a lot of it... A lot of it is related to what happened to Steven Seagal after this because I think it's a waste. I think that when he is kicking ass and doing <sighs> and doing the shit that he is trained to do, it's awesome. And there's no one else doing it. There was no one else doing it then, and there's no one else doing it now. Mm-hmm. No one. I mean, there's not like another Steven Seagal-like who has come along and taken up that mantle. And he just shit all over that for the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. I still like this movie. The The parts of it that are Steven Seagal movie-ish are great. I'm going to give it three jocks because the fight scenes are great and overall the, the Blaxploitation-esque story is really good. I just think he's the wrong guy for this movie and it's fucking bullshit that he just kind of pushed his way into it and took it over. Mm-hmm. He's the wrong guy for anything but acting in this movie. Yeah. I mean... Because... Uh- you can still tell the story without his backstory and monologues and all that shit. You yeah. don't need it. Who else? It's just ego. We're watching yeah. him stroke his ego by telling these stories, and it's yeah. nobody cares, dude. Go fight, right? <laughs> and because you don't have like you don't have anybody else that can play this role, yeah, at the time, right? Not, um, not to do the martial arts stuff, but I mean, right? Stallone's pretty fucking Italian. I mean, as far as like action movie guy of the time. Yeah. I mean, I mean he I would have been doing sure, the head sure. hand stuff. I would say the same thing if this was Van Damme in this movie because it would be stupid if, if Van Damme yeah. was trying that accent mm-hmm. and monologuing and shit. I'm like, that's not what we want from you, guy. But yeah, because you, this was Seagal and it started a trend of him doing this shit, you know, which I think probably peaked at On Deadly Ground when it was just like, here's my environmental bullshit movie and I'm going to speechify the fuck out of it. And then after that, it was just like, well, I'm just not going to make a real movie ever again, <laughs> except with maybe, you know, DMX or. Yeah. <laughs> I like Bosnia. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to go Croatia's nice yeah. this time of year. So just push me around on a cart with my fist out and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll run into dudes. <laughs> Fill me only from the chest up. <laughs> right. So whatever. I just it makes me mad that his career was squandered on bullshit and ego. What was your rating? Three. Oh. Three jocks. All right. Fair enough. You stay on the island this week. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) I guess we should take a break then, huh? Sure. All right. Welcome back. Hey! 
Bamcast. It's second half time. Over here. It is. All right. All right. So, um, we all, well, most of us failed to do any kind of homework this week. I saw a movie in the theater. There you go. The, the world's, world's, this is going crazy, man. I know. I, I this, ain't seen nothing. This is weird. And you've seen a movie in the theater. Yeah. Hmm. And you have no Friday the 13th left to. Nope. I've done them nothing. all. They, they haven't made it anymore. No. <laughs> Except That's for the series. Crazy. <gasps> no. A series rewatch. Don't do oh, that. Or watch for the first time. Don't do that. And what do you see in the theater? Uh, I saw Sausage Party. Why? Oh. Why? Why? How did that happen? Because my wife was dying to see it. How? It's, huh. it's basically South Park, except it's incredibly focused on religion. It is basically a movie about the existence of God and uh, the reason religion exists. Wait a minute. There's using there's a a hot dog bun yep. with tits yep. in this movie. Yep. Okay. Yep. I I fully believe that because there's a movie that has a hot dog bun with tits, there is no god, so I can accept that. Sorry, continue. Yeah. Um <laughs> it's better and funnier than you think. It's saying more than you figured it would. It is definitely not food fight. So everyone who's like, "Oh, it's just food fight." It's like, "No, food fight is was utter bullshit at least these people have a point to what they're doing yeah that was about nazis yeah <laughs> yeah this is about hey kids this is about know. something real but like religion. it's also yeah. it it kind of it's it highlighted something that i i realized bothered like why i didn't enjoy the south park movie as much as most people and why like what held this one back is every character swears off the bat like every one of them, even the one who's supposed to be like super religious and all this stuff is swearing all the time. And it obviously loses its power, but it also gives everyone in the movie almost the same voice and it doesn't quite work. And I know I'm the one on this podcast who swears the most out of anybody. I totally accept what I'm saying here, but it's, it doesn't work when certain characters like, you know, when there's stuff near the end of the movie where they're like, let's go fucking get them, you know, and they'll have stuff like that. You've taken all the power away from it by swearing nonstop throughout the movie. And I know that's what they were going for with the whole raunchy thing. But right. well, honestly, I mean, like, that's why I think one of the funniest, most enduring jokes to me in all of the South Park movie is when they stop swearing, when they're doing the checklist thing. And mm-hmm. you, did you grab the butt for Mm-hmm. What's the butt for? For the pooping. You know, it's yeah. just like, because you've said all of these terrible words, suddenly poop is now the funniest word you can say. Yeah. Yeah, but they just, they don't, but they, like, any possible raunchy thing you can think of that would go into food being alive, they have thought of. And there's also perfect casting. I didn't know that he played a character called the douche in uh, Parks and Recreation, but Nick Kroll plays a literal <laughs> douche in this movie, which to me is like the world's most perfect casting <laughs> in the history of humanity to have that fucking guy play a douche. He, that character is amazing in Parks and Rec. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he is basically the bad guy of this movie. Uh, aside, from, aside from humans. Yeah. Okay. okay. But yeah, it's apparently their philosophy was, you know, Toy Story, everything comes to life. And like, what do they think of humans like that? And they're like, what ha- What would happen if food did? That would be pretty fucked up, wouldn't it? <laughs> and yeah, hmm. they they go good places with the premise. It, it is much better than you're expecting, though. The animation is kind of iffy at times. Yeah, there's and been it, a lot of talk about the animation. Well, yeah, I know it was like basically sweatshopped out. There was a lot of, you know, stuff that people were like, this is this was bullshit. Yeah. 
but there it's also you know i mean there's there are scenes which do the thing i hate in when it's like oh the camera can go anywhere and they start doing that shit and it's like swooping between aisles and doing all the stuff and it's like that shit never looks good to mm-hmm. me and it never reads well because you have no sight line and it's just when just because you can move the camera doesn't mean you should and they do a few of those things where it's just like ah you've destroyed all geography in the scene by throwing me all over the place and i don't know anything but you know that that's few and far between but there's just a ton of voice actors i did not recognize at first but they it's it's better than you think it's going to be let's just put it that way but we went with some of our neighbors who i think were appropriately horrified by the movie and i i told my wife i'm like this is going to be like really raunchy like worse than south park movie raunchy it's like oh i don't know and it's like <laughs> did she not no, watch the trailer at all she I guess seen not. a Seth Rogen movie. Like, yeah, that that was kind of my thing. Is it's like the trailer kind of paints it as the most juvenile raunch for raunch sake thing yeah. that you could ever like. If you put all of like thirteen year old us into mm-hmm. one room and said, write a movie about food coming together or food coming alive, mm-hmm. and like make it rated R. That's what the trailer seems like to me. It's like yeah. what we would come up and with. And I think that's what I think that's where they've done themselves a disservice and it kinda they did with This Is the End as well. Where it's just kinda like you actually have a message that is going somewhere, but you have undercut it so thoroughly with all of the kind of raunchy bullshit that you've piled on top of it just for the sake of it, that it makes it work less. You know, because I really like this is the end and, you know, and the message that they kind of try to get through there, Mm -hmm. but they still kind of, you know, just, just, you know, getting through all their bullshit kind of hurts it. And this is the same way, though, man, one, one, uh, the honey mustard is played by Danny McBride who goes to a home and then gets returned and has like lost his shit because basically they all think the afterlife is this wonderful place where, you know, you wait after they're consumed. No, well, they don't know that. Oh, okay. And that's the point of the movie is like, you know, you know, as yeah, they, they they don't know what happens and he comes back and he knows what happens and he's like, don't fucking touch me. You know, like everyone's like trying to console him and he's doing a Danny McBride, like losing his shit freak out. And it's, so it's like, PTSD Jean Mustard? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And there's yeah, also there some, like, incredibly specific movie homages that are pretty much perfect. Hmm. And that's all I'll say, because the, the way they hit in the movie, it's like, holy shit, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> and it, yeah, it's good. But, yeah, like, nobody expects a food orgy in a movie about the existence of God and religion. Do they use the They Might Be Giants song about the bag of groceries? No. No. Okay. I could told you no. No. Eh. Eh. Keep hoping. Yep. <laughs> Keep the dream alive. Yeah. Um, I wasn't going to talk about this, but uh, I just finished watching uh, the entire run of Preacher, mm-hmm. uh, which those guys produced and directed yeah. and wrote and stuff like that. And I, first of all, it's an amazing show and should be watched and consumed by a lot of people. But... It was interesting to me how much of the run of that show seemed to be promotion for Sausage Party. Really? Yeah. Like no no content in the show itself. 
Oh, but all the commercials, but like all the commercials, like all the breaks were sponsored by and all this stuff. And, and yeah. like they were constantly on the Chris Hardwick show and, you know, doing just just constant promotion for it. Mm-hmm. It just it seemed weird how much of that bled into the other thing um, in almost like a completely gross way. Yeah. You know, like they made this one thing just to promote this cartoon. Like, come on, guys. No. <laughs> so but yeah, everyone should watch Preacher. Um, how many episodes was that season? Ten. Ten. Okay. And it was the right amount. Of, it was the right amount. They tell a great story with ten episodes. Yeah. Well, so. I I've read the comic, and where that thing goes is, uh, yeah. like, I don't know how they're going to air that. To be totally honest, I don't know. I don't know how they aired they, what they aired. To be yeah, honest, really, yeah. They get to a point in that where I was just like, "Is this happening? How did they handle <laughs> Jesse's voice, like the voice of God stuff?" The show is, from my understanding, kind of a prequel to the main comic storyline. Sort of. It's like it's a little bit of a reimagining because they there are characters that are there that. Yeah, I know Tulip's different. And... Yeah. Well, a little bit. I mean, yeah. I mean, more like they meet like Arseface or Assface, you know, in mm-hmm. American. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, he's like already living in the town and stuff, like in the town at the very beginning. So okay. like it's. Not like they have to go find him or, you know. Yeah. Okay, so Jesse doesn't have the voice yet. Yeah, he does. In this part. Okay. No, he does. Well, that's yeah. why I was curious how Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That. It's it's kind of like a... It's it's got bits of the comic book, but then, you know, kind of done differently. Because I think they were afraid... You know, the problem with... The problem with, like, a show... Like, you can't really, like, Star Trek something like Preacher. And I mean, like, in that whole, like, oh, now we're in a new location. Okay, now mm-hmm. we're in a new location. Like, that. That'd be number one, that becomes very expensive. And number mm-hmm. two, I think it just, like... For a first season, that would be very confusing. If mm-hmm. they're just immediately on the road, yeah. like going from place to place, it'd be like, yeah. "Whoa, this is what, what's happening now." Right. So I think they were just like, "Let's take some of the events and just put it in one place." Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, so I just had a quick recommendation for a movie. I don't really want to talk about the movie, but I want okay. to tell people to watch it. Uh, it's a 2014 movie called The Signal, okay. starring Lawrence Fishburne. Well. He's not the main character, but he's the most recognizable person in it. Okay. Not um, the movie I thought you were talking about. Okay. There's another movie called, I think, called The Signal. There's several. Okay. This one, it's one of those movies that you need to go into it clean, like completely blank slate, knowing nothing about it, mm-hmm. because it's one of those movies that, like, at every turn, it is doing what you're not expecting it to do. Um, that kind of gets in the way towards the end. I don't think it ends very well, but the ride is good. It's... It's it's fascinating the places it goes and how different it is from where it starts. So mm-hmm. I'm just I was kind of blown away by it and just sat there riveted to it and that usually doesn't happen. Um, but I, it's it's a it's a trippy movie. I, it's a mind fuck is basically what I would call no. it. Like the the revelations of things that happen in that are just like oh they're doing that wow. And this is an amb- ambitious movie that was made for about $4 million, and it's amazing how it looks like it costs $400 million. I mean, like, it has effects, and it's doing cool shit, and you think four, $4 million these days is like a Fred Olin Ray Skinamax movie. Mm-hmm. No, this thing looks incredible for what they got for that money. So check out The Signal, please. All right, you guys want some voicemails and some emails? I know. Some listener I do. correspondence? Yes, please. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, that's a yes. Affirmative. Yes. We have a yes. Cool. 
You know what? Let's start with a voicemail. Okay. Hey, uh, long-time listener here, and i got to say, I love your podcast, but I'm shocked at the lack of Stephen King movies, because he's had some pretty rotten adaptations. So I'm just going to uh, recommend two of my favorites, and uh, hopefully, you know, they'll be up your alley. But uh, first of them is a 1990s Graveyard Shift. If you're looking for a killer rap movie that isn't Willard, then, uh, you know, Graveyard Shift is for you. It's got a bunch of uh, character actors and whatnot from TV in the 80s, but uh, more importantly, it's got Brad Dourif as a crazed exterminator. Uh, so it's it's worth seeing for that alone, and the rat effects are pretty great. So it's it's short and sweet and to the point, all you could want out of a killer rat movie. Uh, the other one being Stephen King's Sleepwalkers, the 1992 movie that he wrote the screenplay for, um, and it's from the guy that did The Fly 2, and it's got a... It's this mother and son duo of like shape shifting beings that go around the country and hunt down young women to eat to live forever. But uh, the mom's the Borg queen from the uh, Star Trek movies, and uh, the son was uncharmed. And there's a bunch of like uh, genre actors in the cast, like Ron Perlman, the police officer, and there's a bunch of weird cameos from horror directors like uh, John Landis and. Uh, uh, Joe Dante's in it, so a lot of a lot of faces you'd recognize, but it's it's full of really bad one-liners and just sheer weirdness. So it's it's definitely one that you got to see to believe. So anyway, thanks for your wonderful podcast, and I hope that you will uh, partake in uh, some terrible Stephen King adaptations soon in the future. Bye. <laughs> thanks, so, nameless person. Yeah. So fun fact: I saw Sleepwalkers in a theater. I did too. Um, and it was because it just hit me at the time where I was like consuming all the Stephen King books. And then it was like, hey, new Stephen King movie. Mm-hmm. Let's go mm-hmm. see this. Mm-hmm. And I just remember being, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And Alice, That's the reaction Al- to a lot of Stephen yeah. King Alice movies. Krieg, by the way. Is the, yeah. Yeah. I was say. That one's, uh, I, hmm, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, there's some thematic stuff in there that's kind of hard to it's a little sit odd. around with your buddies and enjoy. Yeah, it's a little weird but um, from time to time. Okay, so it's weird that Graveyard Shift got mentioned. Um, yeah. Hey, tune in about the second week of September oh. to youtube.com slash watercooler, oh. and you may hear what at least one-fourth of us thinks about the movie Graveyard Shift. <laughs> <laughs> so, Is that hashtag 31 and 31? It might just be, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was weird. Like I had just watched that movie, and then that voicemail came in, and I was like, uh... <laughs> You're on, a, you're on a list. Who's watching me watch movies? <laughs> That's why he didn't say his name. But yeah, I I just literally watched Graveyard Shift for the first time right before that voicemail came in. So second week of September, you can hear all about what I thought about Graveyard Shift. At YouTube.com slash watercooler. Correct. In video form. Mm. Video. Sweet. All right. Uh, got an email from Jason. We actually got two of them back to back. Okay. So he had thoughts. Oh, all right, then. <laughs> Are they hot takes? No, nah, not really. Aww. First one's called Purple Rain. It says, Hail Bamfcast, Jason from Dallas here. Hail. I finally watched Purple Rain. Wow, it is a fantastic train wreck of a movie. Morris Day is great, and Prince, however much I thought I would dislike him, made me keep watching. I plan on watching Graffiti Bridge next, even though you mentioned it is the lesser of the two movies. Ed, uh, editor's note here. Um, lesser of the two by, like, miles. Oh, yeah. Miles and miles. Lesser. Anyway, he says, can you recommend other musical movies that I should also add to my watch list? Except for White Dove released while on my purple motorcycle with a babe on the back. I, well, I need to know, do you mean like musical, like we're making music or like musical, like 
Gene Kelly dancing around kind of mm-hmm. musical. <laughs> if it's the latter, well, I just... have a suggestion for yeah. you. Go on. It's a cocaine and LSD fueled the Zan- opposite of nightmare called Xanadu. You mean oh. recently put out on Blu-ray Xanadu? I do. Yeah, Xanadu. I Xanadu. They didn't legalize LSD, but I did buy the Blu-ray. Well, mm. I mean, just because it's not legal doesn't mean we can't get it. The Blu-ray? Yeah, yeah <laughs> that too. It's in, it's in the other room right now. The LSD? Yeah. Yes. You should watch Can't Stop the Music. Should he? Yes. No. Yes. Eh, no. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm going to go with eh. Whatever. Fucking yes. Watch Can't Stop the Music. Mm. God's sake. Yeah, um, and... And get crazy was a lot of fun get crazy as well. Was a lot of fun. Yep. Yeah, like um, I said, it, it depends because like I, I kind of almost need to know. Do you mean like you know a movie around making music or like you know where it's suddenly like stop reality? We're doing a number. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're doing an actual musical that you know, like the only one that I can seem to put up with is West Side Story because the songs are phenomenally well written in that movie. Sure. Even though that's a really long movie, it, it is. Yeah. 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 Plus, I felt like it was like I feel like I'd seen that story before. Yeah, you might have yeah. a couple times. I just as a quick tip and an aside, really. I mean, it's sad that this had we got this because Prince passed away, but they're putting Under the Cherry Moon and Graffiti Bridge out on Blu-ray. Oh, so mm. if you want to wait like another month and watch Graffiti Bridge in a higher definition <laughs> maybe do that if you're going to watch it anyway cuz like the standard it doesn't def- make the songs any better no right? it won't it's not going to make anything better but i think the cases are actually purple so ooh nice oh. they're on purple ray instead yeah. of blue ray <laughs> right. um purple ray purple ray <laughs> um serious musical recommendations on film uh, chitty chitty bang bang and singing in the rain are two that i can watch anytime anywhere not robin hood Oh man! That's, would we call it a musical? I mean, Disney, to, Disney's just always have like here's a musical thing, but they don't it's like. Hard make to a big say difference. if that's a musical. I would cl- categorize that as an animated film. But okay. if if we want to stretch the definition a little bit, fuck yeah! All right. Um, if you're looking for well, Chuck and I can argue to the to the cows come home about Grease versus Grease two. I'm not gonna watch them both. Make up your own mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have no problem saying watch them both. Okay. Uh, if you wanted, if you want to delve into like slightly more obscure mm-hmm. musicals, uh, I would recommend. Um, oh my god! I just one of them just went blank out of my head. Yeah, I'd come back to that one in a second. Voyage of the Rock Aliens. That one too. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say if you want a movie with music performed in it. Yes. But everything else going on otherwise, uh, Scott Pilgrim. I love yeah. the musical numbers in that movie. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's uh, almost all, a musical. Yeah, they're all really satisfying in very different ways. Okay. Uh, what I was going to recommend is uh, Repo the Genetic Opera, mm. if you want some oddball shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can find it, that that's that, this is your challenge. If you can find it, I want to say it was actually a Showtime original movie back in the day, but they made uh, Reefer Madness the, the oh, right. musical, yeah. and it is fucking fantastic. Yep. It's got uh, Stephen Weber in it and mm-hmm. um, Anna Gasteyer and Kristen Bell, like her, like her first thing she was ever in. Yeah, it, it's really fucking good. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's All a right. whole list for you. Yeah. And then Jason wrote back right after that. Cool. And oh, said, okay. Purple rain forecasted for Crystal Lake. Uh-uh. This hail Banffcast, Jason from Dallas again. Hearing you guys talk about Jason X prompted me to write and say how much I loved, and I'm glad to hear you guys enjoyed it as well. I really enjoy when one of you reviews a long running series like that. So thanks. 
No problem. I guess that's directed at you, Harlow. Oh, all right. Thanks. Good job, Harlow. Also, I want to bring up the water cooler films 31 and 31 because I like it when Chuck gets all shy about promoting his stuff. <laughs> As Chuck just promoted his stuff unprompted earlier. Uh, I think it's probably because he saw that email and knew that he should yeah, beat him to the punch. He knew. Uh, I watched for the first time last year and then promptly caught up on all the years I had missed. Mm. Good luck, Chuck. Keep it up. Fuck your door, Jason, out until the next reboot. Okay. I I, I kind of hope that wasn't a phrase and that I coin, may have coined that. Uh, exploding door? through the door. The fuck your door? Oh, yeah. man. It's it's a thing now. Okay. It's, it's a Good. thing. Yeah, Olina, I think is using sure, it now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's spreading throughout Iceland. I think I've said "fuck your door" a couple times. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fornicate, fornicate thy portal. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm gonna put it in my medieval fantasy book that I write. Ew. I mean, it became such a thing in my notes. I just was putting "fyd" because I knew what it meant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I want to. Love I, okay, you I have F-Y-D. I have a quick question for the group. Oh, okay. If you if we we can come to a consensus on this, because I have a a dilemma about uh, Stargrove Awards. Okay, uh, I figured this was kind of musical tie-in. Okay, mm-hmm. so say a movie ends say. with a song that is just a remix of dialogue clips from the movie. Not a Stargrove. No, not no. not going to be a Stargrove. I think so. It, I don't no. think Bat Dance would get a Stargrove. No, it would not. Okay, I think it needs to be an original song, an original song detailing or loosely detailing the plot of the movie. Right. Okay. So the other yeah. fascinating thing about Bat Dance is it's also an amalgamation of all the other songs and the rest of the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. It's just like, here's a little section of this, this, mm-hmm. this, and this, and then clips from the movie. But Yeah, yeah speaking of Prince, yeah. right. you should well, watch Batman 1989. You should. <laughs> there are multiple yeah, Prince songs. That is a Prince it. musical. And Party <laughs> Man is in it. Yeah. Uh, well, like a party like, like nobody like can. Chair is a, is a uh, legitimately good song off yeah. that soundtrack. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's a fucking good song. Mm-hmm. Um, jail. Yeah, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I, we need to probably figure out like what was the first instance of the pseudo rap take bits of dialogue, and that would just be that award because I think that's its own thing. Okay. 1947's Kings of the Land. Did I remember you saying because it was the episode I wasn't here that Loose Cannons did that had a rap? F- uh, it, it wasn't. It wasn't dialogue from the movie. It was a specific Dan Aykroyd is rapping. Oh, okay. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd is rapping. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, it's got to be mid to late eighties when that first appeared. You know, just clips of dialogue, rap thing. Yeah, because I it was like the Great Outdoors did it, and it's just I w- when I got to this movie that did it over the closing credits, I was just fucking delighted. I was like, oh man, this finally, yes. But then I was like, well, what do you call this? What the hell is this? Mm. So, hmm, okay, not a Stargrove. Glad we got consensus on it. Yep. Yeah, I was about to say Dragnet had had one too, didn't it? But that was an original rap. Yeah, that was yeah. the rap. It had some samples in it, but it was not a just a generic beat composed of nothing but dialogue samples right, from the right, movie. Right. So, yeah. Yep. AKA your uh, your video for No Quarters with uh, Mickey Rourke. The yes, whatever the hell that yes, was. Yes, exactly. The uh, <laughs> uh, the gotcha. Yeah, that, 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 that piece of shit guy. That guy, Rogue Warrior. Yeah, Rogue yeah, Warrior. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that guy that writes all his books, Richard Marcinko. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can remember him. I can't remember the fucking name of the yeah. game. Is. Yeah, I just because our shitty dialogue. Just, well, just because game. again, like in the in the era of like you know reading books back when that's what all we <laughs> all as old fucks had to do. Uh, like I'm reading Stephen King books, books. And, I, and I had people like, like I mean I had like these <laughs> wannabe Marine sniper dudes that were just fucking. Tearing through Richard Marcinko books back in high school, like mm-hmm. I'm gonna fucking do that. Okay, <laughs> guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am the American sniper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
Yeah, not, not but the, yeah, precisely that thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So we got one more voicemail. Hello, Bamcast. This is the caller formerly known as Scott from Dallas calling from the middle of Montana. I thought you were streaming an episode. I meant to make a phone call about this movie I'd seen earlier, but I've been very busy preparing to uh, not be Scott from Dallas anymore. Anyway, it's a movie called Evolver from 1995. In it, a cool 90s hacker kid wins a cool 90s VR game contest to get a cool 90s robot toy. It then becomes an 80s horror movie, which is part short circuit and part uh, chopping mall. It's excellent. The robot's creator is played by John Delancey, who was Q in Star Trek The Next Generation. And the one-liner spewing robot is played by William H. Macy, one year before Fargo. This movie is amazing. You need to check it out. That's all. Scott out. You were shaking your head knowingly, Chuck. We, when, back before when we would watch trailers before the movie started, this mm-hmm. one showed up. Oh, okay. And we were all like, what is this? Fuck yes, we must watch this. So, And then we never did. We haven't yet, but that, okay. that was probably right before we started doing an entire year of 1990 bullshit. So. And then our brains <laughs> melted and yeah. fell out of our butts. But it is still on the list. Uh, I think existing copies are kind of shitty. Mm. So, What is it called again? Evolver. Evolver. Yeah. Ethan Embry is the kid. Evolver. Um, yeah, he's just got a robot, and the robot fucking goes insane and just starts murdering everything. And Sweet. Yeah. We watched that trailer. We were like, what? This we must watch mm-hmm. now. So Yeah, I kind of missed that setup. And then we watched something stupid like Adrenaline. <laughs> yeah. Pretty stupid. Yeah. Or so I've heard. That was a bad idea. I didn't see it. No, you weren't here. Oh, that was the... the, the... Turn off the dark movie, right? Spider Man Adrenaline, turn off the dark. <laughs> yes. Something like, like, well, it was just like, didn't have some title, Fear subtitle. the Rush. Oh, okay. <laughs> what? It was, well, the, the movie was dark, so I, fi- I figured yeah. it was Fear of the Dark because, right. you know, yeah. you couldn't see anything in that fucking movie. Yeah. No. But it was a Lambert movie. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. And uh, I forgot we did have some Facebook messages. Oh. Hey. People love us on Facebook, too. <laughs> yes, they do. Facebook.com slash BMFcast. Uh, this one from Daniel. He says, hey, I'm a huge fan of the podcast as it helps me get through my long days at work. I do have a movie recommendation if you haven't watched or heard of it yet. And that movie series is Feast. If you like cheesy lines, buckets of gore, monsters with weird dongs flopping around while they (laughs) chase people, then this series is for you guys. Oh, you said all my code words, buddy. (laughs) You had me at weird dongs flopping around. Really? That's what sold you? No, not really. Isn't Feast the movie that was originally made, Project Greenlight, and they've made like three of them now? I believe it was, yeah. Is it the same director on each of them? I believe so, yeah. Yes, this guy, he had a vision for Feast. He did. I I see a trilogy of of dogs. Yeah, it's crazy that that that, that horror movie was the one that was like the good Project Greenlight movie. Yeah. And the other two were just not good. Yeah. Wasn't there a new season of that? Uh, There was. Did that go anywhere? All I heard about was Matt Damon trying to tell somebody how to direct stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The the usual internet outrage machine kicked in. And that's the only thing I ever heard about that Project Greenlight. So I have no idea. Yeah. Was that the one where they were trying to make the broad, stupid comedy? Or was that one before that? Because remember, there was one that was broads in it. I think that was the second season, was where they tried to make a comedy. Oh, Oh, right. I'm sorry. A dame, dame, dame comedy. Yeah. Yes. Dame uh, Judy no. comedy. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Dame Edna comedy. Yeah, and and Dan also recommended uh, Joe's apartment from 1996 with Jerry O'Connell, 
with with his talking cockroaches. That's and legit pretty fucking funny with. though. Like, that's, <sighs> yeah, I remember liking that. Yeah, like like that movie has way more legs, I mean, 14, no pun intended, than it uh, should for such a silly little concept. Concept. Yeah. yeah, I remember it having. It has musical like, numbers. In. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Joe's apartment. Um, I remember it having a lot more heart than I expected it to. Mm-hmm. Um, it being kind of sweet uh, and also funny, but weird. Like, and almost as someone who despises cockroaches greatly, mm-hmm. um, almost a, a little bit like too ick yeah. for me because of the billions of cockroaches. Yeah. Whatever, I've seen Arachnophobia twice, despite. I've seen it a hundred times. Arachnophobia is pretty good. It is pretty good. I have Freighters not. fire off the shoulder of Orion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. I think the thing with Joe's apartment, though, was that it was, more, it was around the era of, of MTV films where everyone was just shitting all over anything that mm. saw the little astronaut guy at the beginning mm. of the movie. It was, it was just like instant hate. Just like, how fucking dare you, MTV? And that yeah. thing, that label died quickly, although I think they put out one of the best movies of all time with Dead Man on Campus, but... Um, all right. I would have said, like, Napoleon Dynamite, maybe, but... I just... I mean, I was just, like, of their, you know, their... their I, I, I'm, like, of their late 90s heyday, sure. I think Dead Man on Campus is fucking genius and mm. gave us Lachlan Monroe, which I will always be thankful for. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad somebody is. <laughs> Lachlan Monroe is very thankful yeah. for that, Chuck. I, I hope he is. I just saw Freddy versus Jason. So, you know. He, he mm. nails it in Dead Men on Campus. He's never that guy since. But mm. yeah. yeah, And then uh, also Chris wrote us on Facebook, and he's like, hey, so will you guys be doing the transfer sequels anytime soon, or will they be a... Film a year deal a la Watchers. Either way, these franchises deserve some podcast love, and it's really cool to find one willing to spend time on them. And then he goes into some of the details about all of them, but I won't spoil any of that. But yeah, I, I think there's transfers in our future. We have the second one on Blu-ray. Uh, the third one just either just came out on Blu-ray or is just about to come out. So the thing with those movies is that they have been garbage prints for a very long time. Like The Full Moon Library is notoriously garbage <laughs> in terms sad. of video quality but uh you know uh, <laughs> i i think there are yeah. other tim thomerson movies we will get to before the entire transfer series i'll say that all right because he worked for them a whole bunch mm-hmm. <laughs> he was already bamfcast alone wasn't he when we watched Transfers? he's in zone troopers yeah yeah so zone troopers zone trooper he's in dollman all right dollman directed by albert pew our favorite. <laughs> yeah. I still oh, maintain it's the adrenaline, good Albert Pugh fear movie. The, fear the something? Yes, yeah. he directed Adrenaline, Fear the yeah, Rush. Fear the Rush. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Synergy. Yep. All right. Lastly, Patreon shout outs. Yeah. Uh, last ones of the month. Ooh. We'll have new ones next month. Or, well, <laughs> a lot of the same ones because people subscribe. But uh, anyway, uh, J.O. Tobias. You know who King Tobias, Tobias is? Yeah, he is Tobias. now King Tobias, the Lord designer of, of our Patreon shirts, which yeah. we're currently wearing. You should totally check out this live stream, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, get on it. Uh, Jonathan M, Andrew J, Yens D, hey, uh, yeah, Scott J. <laughs> thank you guys um, for being patrons. We appreciate it. It's helped us uh, helped us uh, make these shirts. Yep, for one, it did. and be able to sell them at basically. No profit. <laughs> Bargain basement cost. Yeah. Cost. Yeah, and offer you free shipping and all that stuff. So Yeah. So thank you to everyone who subscribed. And uh, yeah, if you'd like to subscribe, 
Would you like to tell them how, BJ? Patreon.com slash BMFcast. Yeah. While we're while we're on the subject of shirts, um, if you if you didn't hear, I uh, mentioned it earlier, and did I mention it on the live stream and not on the podcast proper? Anyhow, probably. Speaking of shirts, um, we have received the shirts from our printer, and we have evaluated and evaluated them and found them to be good and wonderful. And those of you who uh, ordered shirts, they will be sent to you post haste in by the postman. Um, so <laughs> ex post facto, ex post facto. Yeah. yeah, we have deemed them worthy. Yes. So this is the postscript to the show. That yes, is what you're precisely. <laughs> so um, they should be heading to your to your mailboxes as you quite hear this. soon. Yeah. They should be on the way by the time you hear this, mm-hmm. and they may have arrived depending on you know your your postal code and how yeah, close you are. Yeah, if you're listening you to this a month from now, congratulations, <laughs> yeah, you already have a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> your shirt <laughs> arrived to you a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it traveled through time, uh-huh. right? If you uh, if you don't, this is excluding Canada. If you don't see your shirt in a couple weeks, uh, let us know, mm-hmm. uh, and we will do our best to um, help you shake the post office down for your shirt. <laughs> Or shake yeah. them up for your shirt, mm-hmm. but yeah, they're in. They're great. We love yeah. them. Yep, they're super you comfy better. and they're great. <laughs> and um, we have a limited number of them that we are holding in in stock in perpetuity. In perpetuity, and uh, we got some extras because yeah. we're smart. And uh, so pay attention. And some of those may be available for uh, some of those may be available for some of you who did not get in on the ground floor of this exciting opportunity. And there will be uh, another, de- uh, yeah. a different color design yep. shortly. Yep. Just the regular, and that'll be like our design in perpetuity going forward, mm. which yep. is redundant. But <laughs> <laughs> is it saying the same thing twice? It is. Okay, cool. Oh, that's when you repeat things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and there's going to be a, <laughs> a different design of shirt. Oh, there's going to be a different design? Oh. I thought it was going to be the same design, but a different color. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> So yeah, we uh, we plan to uh, at some point soon make uh, make this design available in a plain color that we will keep in stock in perpetuity <laughs> and forever, <laughs> always. Mm-hmm. But uh, thank you very much again to our patrons for uh, for donating to us and making this uh, making it possible because shirts are a uh, rather large outlay of money up front and. Um, even even if you even if you sell pre-orders for shirts like we did this time, it's still a big chunk of change that is a burden on our pockets to mm-hmm. uh, yeah. to to take upon directly. So uh, many thanks for alleviating that burden from us and for making other opportunities available for us uh, going forward. So thank you very much. And really, there we we didn't want to do them unless they would be of quality. Correct, and this yeah. allowed us to do a quality yeah. product. I, yeah, yeah, we didn't you're want right. to do like a cafe press bullshit. We could have done iron on, right? <laughs> um, so I just found a cafe press shirt that I have from like the late '90s, <laughs> early 2000s, uh-huh. and it looks like <laughs> it looks like a milk stain with <laughs> with colors on top of it. It's gross. It's just the grossest <laughs> thing in the world. Um, and it, I, I remember that that happened like immediately with that cafe press shirt, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, instead of that like, that will not happen with this, that will no. not, um, but yeah, like we could have, we maybe could have been able to do, you know, the much cheaper shirt material themselves, like the shirt itself 
and gotten it a lot cheaper. But no, fuck um, that. No. But yeah, Nothing we but really the wanted to do these a quality, quality shirt. Yeah, we're about are... shit films and quality shirts. Right. Yeah. These, exactly. <laughs> these shirts are so quality they are literally next level. Oh, I get it. Because they literally are. next level. Yeah. They are next level t-shirts. Yeah. Next level brand. But yeah, I'm super excited for all you guys to get to get these because uh, Tobias worked hard on them and I. Uh, worked a very small amount <laughs> compared to what he did um but but it was a it was a labor of love and i'm super excited like just having these and knowing that they're going to go out to people that's totally exciting and it looks like a beer label uh kind of yeah kinda it could be it could be easily transitioned into a bmf beer so mm-hmm. we need to start our craft beer bullshit I, yeah and I or probably vape do that. smoke <laughs> yeah <laughs> craft vape yeah um i could probably cr- gross I could probably have a beer brewed. Like I could probably <laughs> make that. Let's happen. not go down that road. No, no. Let's let's just get shirts out no, first. We, we have people like Steve, like the bird, like Heron. We can't you can't start this. Yeah, no. Yeah. He'll be like, we don't I'm have all about to send it to him. Okay, we can send it to his parents. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure transporting parents. any kind of alcohol across state lines is is problematic. No, you can. There's <laughs> can't fight the big box, man. There are many. There are many states that you can ship uh, beer to. Okay. I don't know, man. I saw Smoking the Bandit. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get him. Okay. Yeah. That was like 40 years He's ago. He's got a point. Yeah. He has a point. I saw Black Dog. And you can get Coors. That was like not that long ago. You can get Coors across the fucking Mississippi now, you idiot. Stupid idiot. <laughs> so anyway, go to bmfcast.com and check out all our stuff. bmfcast.com, um, Twitter, Facebook, patreon.com slash bmfcast. Nine one zero five Jacks BMF nine one zero five five six nine two six three. Yep. Thank you again to everyone that listens and all of our patrons and uh, that's it. God mm-hmm. bless and God bless America. Yep. High five emoji. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Pray like for Harambe. Yes. Him too. All right. Well, let's get out of here, shall we? Yes. Please. I'm Harlow. I'm Mackie. I'm BJ. I'm Chuck. And this is Bamcast out. Right, and welcome to the Bamcast. Hey, hey. Oh, fucking Bamcast! There it is, <laughs> episode three hundred and thirty-nine. Nintendo. A lot of fucking episodes, am I right? <laughs> yes. Why are you doing that accent? I, I don't know. Uh, my name. <laughs> my, yep, my name. My is, name is what? <laughs> what? <laughs> my name <laughs> is. Wiki <laughs> Wiki. <laughs> yes. Wiki <laughs> Wiki. Forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> We're fucking professionals, wow, we promise. Are. I love how we all fell right into that, like, immediately. Like, no hesitation whatsoever. <laughs> I'm going to need a minute. <laughs> oh, this better go on the end of the episode, at least. Okay, then. Ooh. Ah, I'm good now. Try this again. <laughs>